Welcome back, my fellow sleuths, the Podcorn in a Movie, a podcast where we go into a deep dive into different themes, genres, other categories, and topics. I'm your host, Chase Lano, joined by my other detectives. Uh, Steven Dillard. And David Guillo. Today we are covering and deep diving into Ryan Johnson's sequel to Knives Out, Glass Onion. And of course, we're kind of going back to our murder mystery month, which... Mm. I, is this like a first where we we kind of jump back? Uh, yeah. I mean, and so t- like we technically did uh like two Halloween months, obviously, but this is the first time think- we've ever jumped back into like a a one off genre episode. I think. Yeah. 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 Revisited a uh, previous. If they, ever, if they ever do a, a Spider Man, I assume we'll do a Spider Man one off. Of course, of course. Oh wait, it wouldn't. I don't, what am I talking about? There They're will doing be. One, yeah. <laughs> next year, there's going to be a new Spider Man. Spider Verse across the Spider Verse. Yeah, so look forward to that episode. But like, I I do find it interesting that we did. Uh, when did we do Knives Out? That was. That was um, November, probably uh, no September, probably because uh, November is when we or October is when we started the Halloween mini series, and then we did a bit of a, we started our cleanup month. Um, We did we did animals after that, then right, 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 yeah, the cleanup month, which started uh, in December. All right, so it's it's been a few months. I thought for some reason I'm like, oh, it's only been like two months, but it's been like probably three, four months since we did murder mysteries. I know. I thought it was going to be kind of easy to jump back into like the, the all the like, shenanigans yeah. we've said and come up with, and so it's going to take me a minute to think about like those themes, I guess, that we were circling. It, this movie definitely brought me back, and um, I guess I'm. I was. Uh, I um, it's happy to know that you still have a because comparatively speaking to bodies, 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 and I don't mean to. Um, rag on that, but it's nice to know that you still have people that are writing clever murder mysteries. And it's like bodies, bodies, bodies had a clever twist, but I just think the plot of this movie is so like fresh and like, uh, innovative as far as the genre is speaking, um, that it was nice. I don't know. I I liked it. I would even argue, like, I feel like Ryan Johnson himself, like the last two, these, I, I feel like you have to group these together, even though they're like separate yeah, movies they are completely like different feels, but like mm. his writing is very, it, it, it flips the genre. I know we talked he, about that he, in our, in our, in our uh, he, knives out one. He flips the genre by use mm. like over, over analyze, not over analyzing. What's the word? It, he uses certain like scenes and tropes. Like, tropes. And I think he uses Tropes and cliches. I think that yes. uh, he understands the genre on a very high level, uh, cinephilic level. I don't yeah. know how to how you would say that, but uh, um, he's done his research. He's like, done his like research. I'm trying to character. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Yes, that, that yes. Word. There you go. I'm making up words like Edward Norton's character, <laughs> but uh, he understands this this uh, the the murder mystery genre on a very um, cellular level. Um, it's like uh, I, 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 an all-time guest to to have had on was Ryan Johnson because I do feel like he has this understanding of the murder mystery genre. And just when I think like, because I thought uh, I like again, I I liked bodies, bodies, bodies. I was like, oh okay, this is like a uh, 
this is like a murder mystery for um, the new generation, for this generation that's behind us. Like, I get it. Um, tech savvy. But uh, I this feels more like an old timey murder mystery. Yeah. Like, I get major Last of Sheila vibes. I get uh, major, um, I, I guess, kind of 10 Little Indians slash, and then the Renun vibes where it's just like, everybody is kind of clinging on to this guy, but they've all also committed these like atrocious or not atrocious crimes, but just that they're all not really likable characters. Yeah. Like there's nobody. Uh, I agree. I saw a lot of letterbox reviews that said there are, there is one likable character in this movie and it's been wall Blanc. I saw a couple different letterbox reviews, um, that said that, and I know some people might like the twin and we'll go into that, but, um, yeah, I, I, agree. I, I disagree uh, with that. Uh, cause I like Janelle Monet's character. Uh, yeah. And we'll go into that. Um, but also, I mean, boys, isn't that what a murder mystery is supposed to be? Exactly. You're supposed to be gathered around these characters that are, uh, um, for, for lack of suspects. a better. Yeah, exactly. You have to, I think that, uh, he sets it up perfectly. I do think this movie works differently than, than, um, Knives Out. Um, well, I and I I can talk about it. I can talk about it a little later. But there, I definitely do at one point in this episode. I want to talk about like kind of his approach of how he went with this movie and like the writing yeah. style. From like, I mean, I I know. I think he yes. I think he takes a similar approach with uh, um, non-linear storytelling, like he does in Knives yeah. Out, where um. I told Chase this, uh, and it was Chase's second viewing. It was my first viewing, but uh, I watched it with Chase, and uh, I think it was probably like an hour and 45 minutes into the movie, uh, I turned to him and I said, I don't even care who did it right now. Like, I am so invested in the overall story. Like, uh, I don't know, Dave, if you shared a similar experience, but it was like almost like the the actual murderer or whoever actually did it took a backseat to whatever else was going on. Like I, uh, um, which is why that that finale is so satisfying. Um, which that, that's that's an interesting point. I didn't yeah like, act, um, actively think about that while yeah. I was watching it, but I definitely, uh. Definitely kind of agree with that in the sense that, like, I was kind of more interested in, like, how does Janelle Monet or Helen, I guess, get get justice back at, for her get sister? Get justice, get back at, get yeah. back at, and, and it somehow, didn't yeah. even, like, I don't know. I, like, I, like wasn't, once you know, I wasn't that worried about Dave Batista, the, the murderer. I guess you'd kind of know whoever murdered Dave Batista is most likely whoever murdered yeah, Andy, but ooh, interesting, um, interesting. But, uh, unless you think that Dave Batista killed Duke, is his name killed Andy, and that's why he was it killed. Would make sense. But, yeah, well, because because um, Dave, I I took a separate route when I was talking to. I was like, uh, Chase is like, all right, well, who you after the shot? It was after the shot. Um, the so before gets, it goes back, yeah. So yeah. before it does your flashbacks, I remember I looked at Chase and I was like. I'm not sure if this is one of those situations where you have an original killer who made the first killing 
but then you have somebody else with an ulterior an ulterior motive who's trying to take advantage of the situation. So now you have kind of a clue type situation where like one murder has occurred by one person, but somebody else might have tried to murder the second person. And that's where my mind went um, right away. But um, that's what I, I thought know. was happening during bodies, bodies, bodies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you weren't far off no, you were yeah, right you were uh, but i guess see, that's actually a better comparison um i guess i rule out the body body's body scenario where we might have more than one killer on our hands um and so then I, I, good i was just gonna talk about like how you mentioned that like i think this is incredibly similar to knives out while somehow so being incredibly Different. not like it's almost like he took components like plot or the way to tell a story. He took components from knives out, mm, but the story right. itself is very different. I mean, mm. there is like a lot of like, like one important wealthy person is surrounded by people that are kind of leeching off of him is like a similar theme, but that's like really, but I like that when you think about like knives out starts with a murder, like, so it's your classic murder mystery, we're figuring out how did this guy die from start to finish, but then he pulls the rug. It less, tells you. It tells yeah, you how way, the way way earlier on in Knives Out than he does pull the rug in this movie. Right, but he tells you who supposedly did it in Knives Out, well, which is interesting. And I want to I want to uh, highlight what you just said because we'll come back to it later. But uh, I think Dave. That's what made this movie a four and a half instead of a five star for me. It was that when he breaks away from the central storyline this time, I didn't like it as much. Oh, I um, loved it. I thought it was I, really, really yeah, well done well, this time. Cause, okay, cause so good, good, good to the point of discussion. To the point where it gets back to the scene when Benoit Blanc is standing over um, Helen's character and he thinks that she's dead and he's like has the tear in his eye like th thinking back on that moment the second rewatch I was like almost like more invested even though I knew she was alive I was just like god damn it like I, I feel so bad for him in this character and that he put her in that situation but she ends up being fine which is great but I don't know I just I feel like it's it's super effective the way they did it this time. Well, and it was longer, I think, too. Like go like you're taken away from the main story way longer than you're you taken away from the main well, story. For a this. So uh I actually watched a video today and someone was explaining like the writing structure of what he did, like plot wise. So uh -huh. in the first movie for Knives Out, he did a three act structure because what they did was you like the first act of the movie, you believe that it's a murder mystery. Then when they pull the rug under and you're like, oh, you actually know who the murderer is, it becomes a thriller for the second act. Mm. And it's not until the third act when it becomes back going, oh, wait, it is a murder mystery the whole time where you pay yeah. attention. Where in this movie for mm. uh, Glass Onion, he instead does a two-act structure. So you have the first act where you're observing through naked eyes. And then you are told something else and observes from a different point of view, which he does uh -huh. in this movie instead. Yeah. They're completely different, like, 
ways of telling, but it completely changes the story structure completely, which I, I think read is this, very interesting. I've read this uh, on the trivia, so I don't want to take credit for this. I, what I think is a really brilliant observation, but you know the when they're solving the puzzle boxes um, and the music note thing comes on and then Yo-Yo Ma comes out of nowhere yeah. and is like, Oh, that's a, uh, I forget the name of it, but he explains it that it's like two different notes, not notes, but two different lines of music going over each other Yeah, that complete, like, so like when they're layered back over each other, they can, they create a entirely new perspective on the song or whatever. Um, which is like what this is like, basically you're layering the two plots over each other. So then when you're looking at it again, you're like, holy shit. Like it's now all of these people sense. are suspects in a murder that we are like not even thinking about before. Like, I don't know. Uh, but I it also really like that makes the rewatch in this, uh, much better. Um, well, I do think that there's also like multiple, like this, this plot is very complicated in a way where it's, it shouldn't be because like, I, I didn't know I didn't know this. You guys might have known it because I'm just stupid, but did you guys know the meaning of a glass onion before watching the movie or no? No, I, I never heard the expression. So it's apparently it was a song by the Beatles and mm-hmm. it's a joke on uh, people who used to overanalyze their lyrics. So the whole okay. point of a glass onion is you can look at how many layers it has because it has so many layers and you can analyze each layer. But in reality, it's always see-through. You already know what's at its core. So, like, the whole point of a glass onion is, like, uh, you know, Daniel Craig. He He's pretty much, he knows, the whole point of I don't think he's an idiot through most of the movie is he believes he's a multi-genius billionaire. And then when he uh-huh. slowly gets to learn to know him, he realizes, no, he is a stupid idiot. It's, idiot. it's just right yeah. in front of him. It like the the simplest answer to everything in the whole movie is right in front of you. They're they're telling you it, but you just don't expect it because you want to analyze each layer. And I I don't know. I just think that that's such like a mind game in a movie plot that's already talking about like two different murder mystery plots as well. Yeah. Um. I well. I I was gonna ask that because again with second viewing and even just viewing back on like after like when I left theaters and I was thinking about it, I was kind of like, geez, like I feel like it was so obvious that it was Edward Norton the whole time. And I must've been thinking that during the movie, but you're also like along the glass onion theme, you're thinking, well, no, that's, it's not, it can't be that obvious. I'm not seeing right through the onion. There's gotta be more layers to this, but it it is like, He's obviously the bad guy from start to finish. <laughs> and I uh, watched this like a few days after Christmas with my whole family. Um, and when I guess, so it was when the reveal happened, I was going to say it happened on the beach, but it happens on the reveal that Helen re- like reveals that she's just her uh, sister, twin sister. Okay. My sister said, oh, my gosh, that's why Miles looks at her so, or yeah, looks at her so strangely when he sees her on the beach. Like, she's not supposed to be there. And this is still, like, a good, I don't know, like, half hour, 
40 minutes left of the movie at that point once the reveal happens. And I'm thinking, like, oh, shit, did she just, like, right there say out loud, like, oh, it's Ed Norton's character? Because that makes the most sense. Like, why would he be surprised to see her? And she didn't end up putting that together, I don't think, until the end of the movie. But I was like, yeah, it is, like, right in front of your face. Like, right at the beginning, he has a strange reaction. Um, And, okay, so I think it works for me because he's just that much of a sociopath or whatever. But I do think this movie is like hinging on like one weird thing. When you're watching it the first time, it doesn't mean anything to you. But when you're watching it the second time, you're like, he's really putting on like a big act here. Is after he poisons Dave Batista and he's just acting so scared of everything. And I know he is putting on an act, but it's also just like, I don't know. It's a little too convincing of an act for me to be like, I don't know. It's almost like he really is afraid that someone's going to murder him because someone just died, you know? But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I need, you know, it's weird because I feel like there's definitely some camera trickery where it's like the first, like, the first time you see a scene and then the second time, like, you know, when they're telling the reveal. Yeah. I feel like the camera angles are a little bit different. Like, they kind of, they kind of do it with the glass, but not really. Because like Do I remember, it? yeah. So I remember in the theater the first time I uh, I saw him give the glass. I'm like, oh, if he dies, he is something to do with it. But the thing that I got so but he's mad giving about him his glass, like yes, you see that. Yes, but okay. what I got mad about is like not even what two minutes later, they're like, well, I handed him my glass, or he picked up the wrong glass, and they show that scene again, but it's through the like biased opinion. So I'm like, I don't know which one to believe at yes. this point. They yeah. do show it again, very, but because very they're last throwing, like you, yeah, very last. Very of last. Of I Sheila agree was. with that. It's 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 definitely like because it's, you literally see an ass. In last of Sheila, you see him put the uh, what is it, the ice pick in his pocket. Yes, or, or in the, the bucket. Uh, in the so yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and it's it's. The same scenario, and and uh, I remember asking Dave because Dave had seen Glass Onion before we all had, but I was like, "Did it give you Last of Sheila vibes?" And the only reason why I asked that question was the boat. The boat was the big thing that like made me ask that question. And yeah, little did um, we know, like it, we it all had nothing thought that. From yeah, the boat. But, like the boat but really didn't have much. The uh, rest of the plot anything. really did. Have, yes, the, like, the rest uh, yeah, of the plot the really whole, is like very, gathering people together, very to play the game. Like, yeah, and it's all blackmail in a way where it's right, just like, and it's then everybody, everyone off. It's also everybody is like, I mean, in Last of Sheila, it begins with everybody at this party because they all know each other and they're all connected to this man with the golden titties, as they say in um, Glass Onion. Um, and they're all trying to keep, um. Um, like firm grip on that. Uh, but yeah, I just saw very many, very many similarities between this and, uh, the last of Sheila. Um, and that's why I also made that observation. I'm like, Oh, is like, was the first, which, which did throw me off. Um, I was like, was the first death accidental? Um, cause I did notice, um, the glass, like there's a scene, you know, like right before, um, the big death. And I remember telling Chase this, I was like, Oh, glass, glass, glass. Um, and it's just a camera trick. It's the camera panning, but it pans by miles glass. 
sitting on just a cocktail table that by itself on the glass. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, you know, that was purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're, um, you know, if you're savvy with looking up context clues, I mean, it is pretty right in your face, but like right there is when I was like, Oh, okay. Like somebody's going to die by poison or whatnot. Um, I knew it right then and there. I just didn't know who. Um, and I remember telling Chase, by the way, I think that next scene is played out beautifully. Um, the tension in that scene rises from like beginning to end. It's like a slow slime, like climb up a roller coaster. Like I was explaining it to Chase. I was like, I know someone's about to die here. And he's like, how do you know? And I was like, the tension is just like so thick in this scene. Like it's like the music in the background is loud. You can hear Batista's phone going off. Um, the, 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 the shutting the of the shield. Yeah. yeah. The shield keeps like dropping down on the Mona Lisa painting. And I was like, all right, yeah, something's, something's about to happen. Somebody's about to die. But I think that scene is uh, the tension in that scene is, well, I don't know. You can I, cut it with a knife. It's and great. I, it's, it's actually really interesting as well, where it's, if you, if you really look at that scene too, and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shout myself out because this is probably, I probably said it during this recording and I, if I if I'm embarrassing myself, fuck it, I don't care. Uh, anybody who says they guessed it from that one scene, Steve, is lying to yourself because which which scene that that tension scene, the killing of oh, David yeah. Tisa. If don't... you say if you guessed it by then, you're stupid because I'll tell you right now, you don't have a motive. You don't. You're not introduced to a motive of why Norton would kill anyone else. There's no motive because you don't know the sister's dead. You don't know anything yet. And I think it's it's smart writing because it's like we've given yeah, you the yeah. murder. We've given you everything. You don't have every information to put together everything yet. And I don't That's know. That's a really it's, good point. I really yeah. like that point. You're not given any of the pieces for that to make sense. You can, you can at yeah. least take yeah, everything yeah. that's been like shown Said. for you, but you don't have 100% proof of what and why. You see well, him do it, but you don't know why he would. You're also literally thinking that whole time, who's going to kill Miles? Like, that's mostly your thought process is like, right. how is right. he going to get killed? Because everyone, that's that's the only motives we've been given are all against him. It's, it's like the magic yeah. trick of like, uh, you're focusing on this hand, but what is this hand doing? Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you're distracting everyone from the real motive, the real piece of the mystery. It's, and it's I really, think it's really it's, good um, writing. It's, yeah, it's really uh, it's like, crazy. It's crazy. It's like it's like in the Prestige uh, when he talks about like you just said the magic trick, and he's like, "You want to know the truth, but then again, you're not really looking, yeah. are you? You're not looking at the right thing." Um, and Ryan Johnson like plays on that so hard so in well. this movie because and and well, yes, but he also like plays on that theme of like I am giving you everything you just don't you're just not looking for it um uh-huh. and i think that chase you said it like uh because you were watching it for your second time when i was watching it for my first and they're just like if i would have tallied the amount of times chase went oh, oh like it's like 20 times and it's because when you watch it a second time you're like oh my god he really did put the answers right in front of you yeah. Again, you're just not looking for that. You're looking, like Dave said, you're looking for, like my first time, I, I, I'm looking for who killed Miles. 
That's who I think the target is. I'm not, um, when Dave Patista dies, I, I, I went, no. Yeah, and I was same. like, no, like Dave Batista. <laughs> and I just was like, like uh, he's like one of the main yeah, reasons yeah. I was excited for I, this cast. I, I, remember, I mean, yeah. and he, he does it again, Ryan Johnson, where, um, it doesn't matter at the time stamp where the character dies because it doesn't necessarily mean that's the last time you're going to yeah, see Yeah. He's in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Basically. He's in the rest yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And so, um, it was a, it was a false alarm. Um, and he it did the same thing with knives, knives out. It was like, uh, when Christopher Plummer, you know, slits his throat, I was like, Oh no, I know he was going to be the guy that gets killed, but, uh, I yeah. like Christopher Plummer. And then he's in, he's in a lot more of the movie. So yeah. it's okay. Um, it's fine. Uh, same thing. Same thing here. Um, it's, it's a John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Where, uh, you need not worry about when the person dies because the story is not told yeah. in a conventional way. I, it's weird not the side tangent at all, but I really hardly ever think about at the end of Pulp Fiction that like, that Samuel Jackson is going to walk the earth and do whatever he does. And John Travolta is about to go to a, yeah, he's just going to go get killed by Bruce Willis. Like I never, ever think about that for some reason. I just, just, I just assume John Travolta is going to go off living a happy life of crime or whatever. He had a crazy day. Yeah. Um, But, uh, um, I, you know, so right away, I like, uh, I do, uh, I do like the unconventional approach that, uh, I'm trying to think of all the murder missions recovered. Uh, there may have been one other one where the murder doesn't happen within like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And I think that's Manhattan murder mystery. It takes a little bit of time. But uh last Sheila Sheila does you're right. You're right. That one takes about an hour and a half. Uh you're right. That one does similar, take a lot. D- similar to vibe. this movie though, uh a like one of the main murders happened before the movie started. That's really integral to the whole plot. But yeah. we don't even know that happened before, you know, we're watching it basically. And, it, and it's such a uh such a great exercise in storytelling because what if we did know it's not the same movie um and it's because of the it's it's the order of events that ryan johnson chooses to let us in on um it's because he does it very strategically go ahead it's crazy to think like like when you're watching this movie you get to know um i I hate that there are two names but janelle monet's first Andy, is that her name? Yeah, Andy. Andy uh, and Helen. You, you get to know Andy as a character that you think is Andy, but then you find out that Andy is dead, and for a split second you're like, oh, no, she's dead. I liked her, but you're like, we never actually knew her. Yeah. yeah, so it's like a really weird concept because it's like you find out someone you knew is dead, but you don't even actually know that person because they weren't that person in the first place. Like it's, uh, I, I, it really is. I, I, uh, this always happens when I talk anything with you guys, but I'm like, damn, this really might be a five star. Like, Hey, I might come back around to it. It it really is like a stroke. I just, my, 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 um, my biggest thing is, is like, I'm trying to, uh, 
I'm comparing it too much to Knives Out, which is criminal because I shouldn't do that. It's a separate story, but we don't even know if it's we don't even know if it's a direct sequel. Like, and I love that because it's just another story of Benoit Blanc solving a mystery. Who knows when it is in his lifetime? Um, well, it, well, I assume. I assume, I assume it's after. COVID, I, I assume it, like yeah. The, I, I don't I assume, know what assume, references but, they might have made in Knives Out, but I I feel like. They made some political references, so yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Like, like this COVID does, world. but um, there's no mention of uh, even even when the people recognize Benoit Blanc, they're like, "Oh, you're the one that solved this famous murder," which was not. Yeah, it was um, a ballerina the, one. Yeah, yeah, it was not the one. Yeah, it was not the one. It was not the Knives Out mystery. I um, did have the thought did occur to me: Did Knives Out become a famous Benoit Blanc story? slash mystery that was told and that's where Helen gets the idea to to oh, go to him possibly well this doesn't um, make this doesn't make sense because I was gonna say this is I was I have this whole list of similarities in my head but this isn't actually even a similarity when you think about it but he's anonymously invited to this party is what we're told for the first half of the movie, but he's not anonymously invited at all. Like that's not how it worked. So I, I I'm think, scratching well, that out. Well, no, it, in, it, in it, knives it, out, he's anonymously yeah, brought invited. To there. And, uh, and I think uh, that Ryan Johnson plays on um, the faith that you have a lot of knives out fans watching this movie because he definitely, uh, he got me. Um, when he did that, when it was the whole subplot of like, oh, I was anonymously invited here, and like somebody must have that game right, sent it to me. Um, I bought, I bought that. I bought Benoit Blanc's story right okay. away without question, and it's me because, too. Yeah, and it's and and it's because it's the exact same thing that happened in Knives Out. Is that somebody? And- I thought I thought that somebody going to this party. With Edward Norton, that, that Edward Norton was throwing, somebody suspected that there was going to be foul play and wanted Benoit Blanc to be there. That was my, which isn't far off the truth, but it's not exactly how it played out in Knives Out. But, um, and I will also on that note, I'm thinking like w- what works about it is that Ryan Johnson has spoken so openly about, uh, like I want Benoit Blanc to be like a new like classic, right? Detective. Like a Hercule Poirot, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yes, you know, where like, I can yeah. tell multiple different stories where he is the center of it. I'm automatically like, oh, and maybe that's his thing. Every time he gets anonymously invited, like right, like right. I'm just like I don't know. Like instead of being like, huh, that's kind of just the same plot as the first movie. I'm just excited by the prospect of like. I wonder how the third movie well, is going to get like, invited. Watching it, uh, <laughs> I get it again. Like it, it just uh, in the first movie, you're led to believe um, that Benoit Blanc is a competent yet clumsy detective. Like uh, maybe he's maybe he is really good, but some some things fall into his lap, or there's like luck involved, or there's because maybe remember Anna de Armas's line? She's like. She's like, you're not a very good detective. And he's like, maybe you're not a very good victim or whatever yeah. he says. He's like, maybe we're perfect for each other. Um, and uh, in, in, in this movie, I guess it's 
that first meeting with my with Miles, um, yeah. when he Edward Norton's character, when he goes into the glass onion, um, he plays it so perfectly because the first time you're viewing it, you're like you're believing that he was indeed invited there and not anonymously. He's like somebody must have copied copied that game and sent it to me. I'm doing an English accent and I'm, I'm uh-huh. way far off, but um, uh, he's he's doing an act. The entire time he knows all he's looking for in that moment is clues. But when you're watching it the first time, it doesn't seem like it just seems like he's being polite. Like he's like, Oh, 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 I feel so uh, like, I hope I'm not imposing upon your party. Um, And, and then he says later on in his monologue, like I saw the clue. It was right there in front of my face the whole time um, because that's what he was looking for. He went up into the glass onion to look for clues. And I just love that. Uh, that when you watch this movie a second time, it, it, it as it, as is with the, with, with all murder mysteries yeah. is that you're, it is, it is the, the scene is tonally changed. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh no, Benoit Blanc is not, uh, an incompetent lost, uh, uninvited guest at this point. He knows that there's something going on and he's looking for clues. And I don't know. I love that about him. Just that, uh, as clumsy as he might be at times, um, he is a good detective. He is like he says to to Marta, "You're a good nurse." Like he is a good yeah. detective. Like I, a, I, I, I think that was definitely a a point of discussion that we are talking about. Like, is he like Mister Magooing himself into solving Knives Out? But this movie kind of confirms it that he is like a like really a, really yes. good detective, especially like. The whole murder mystery party that is being thrown. Oh, he solves it. He solves yeah. it in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, which it, is hilarious. So I, 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 I saw this is this is another video <laughs> I saw today because I found this extremely interesting that I didn't even think about. But uh, it, I know, I know, we've been comparing a lot of like knives out because it's like this is a complete sequel or not really, but you know what I mean. Like, it's it's the same story maker with the same character going through an adventure what I think is interesting and I I, I know you just brought it up Dave where uh, it's like certain traits that he will follow through to the next one so like we talked about like I know we talked this year about Scream where we were like what would the next Scream movie be because it's like it's usually like a prequel a sequel a a requel like random stuff like that right I've noticed most of these movies so far is about money. The old or Knives Out was going to be old money. It dealing with family that has old money and and kids dealing with old money. And then this I one is everybody with new money. It's people. Mm. I think there's a common tons of stuff. I think there is a common theme there, Jason. Uh, there's an observation of uh of um, and not that all wealthy people are. Oh no 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 yeah pieces of shit. But I think this is an observation of wealthy people who have lost their moral standards. So, um, and it, uh, like, I, uh, what would you call them? I don't even know. Um, I mean, it's it's. I, I want to say like yuppies, but not not yuppies. Um, it's kind of it's kind of the one percenters in a way. I know what you mean. Yeah, but like, it's it's yeah, it's it's. Um, this doesn't necessarily fit that, but they're all like kind of waspy, like. Yeah. Yeah. So the question I have is if we already know he's going to do a third one, if that is a trait, what is the direction he's going to go with it? 
Like, well, so that's a that's the thought that I kept thinking is between the two, the biggest similarities that we have is that the main cast is all centralized around a very wealthy person. Yes. The uh, story really, really hinges on a nonlinear telling in both of them. Mm -hmm. And then we have a very, very like two very sympathetic characters that forms a bond with Benoit Blanc who we are really rooting for because they were wrongfully done. And we both females too. So there's yes. In, in, in a minority, like two minorities, like in a, like underrepresented, like people that get fucked over often by wealthy, rich white people. Like it's, uh, so is that, is the third one risking it if it just does that again? Or is that just the formula that really, really works? Well, also, I feel like there's... Uh, mm, I might have... Because I, might have I thinking about the the similarities between Anna de Armas and Janelle Monae's, like, situational characters, like, that you're just like, I'm really rooting for Benoit Blanc to figure this out because I like these pair people, I like this pairing, and... And it they make a good team as well, and it's like, do you do it again for a third well, time? I but think, like in I the think, same, I think the hardest part, and this is this is kind of true. If you look back at uh, most of our murder mysteries we've covered, I feel like almost all of them they deal with very wealthy people because most of the time a murder mystery takes place in a mansion or something. Or big. blackmail, or it's, or it's it, exactly. Yeah, there's... I feel like. And this is this is a weird approach, but while talking about it, I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? I would 100% see a movie kind of like that. What if, what if the third one does a complete loop, and it's like, it's kind of like Weird Window, where it's Blanc just trapped and seeing a murder, trying to piece it together, while you know being by himself, isolated or something, where it's huh. you're not focusing on like big glamorous money or power or anything, but it's more like kind of isolation or like focusing on a completely well, he's different on, theme. He's on vacation with Hugh Grant and Hugh Grant's just trying to get him to have a good time. And Benoit Blanc's like, don't you see there's a murder happening a foot <laughs> over there. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like for the third one, he's going to have to do either a complete tone shift of like, I don't know. I think it would be more profitable if he did a tone shift, but still have the same, like, I don't know. He needs to do a little bit of research on, like, murder mysteries. Like, he has the people already. I feel like this is the time where you either make something original or new or go back to something that almost worked or almost, like, was so out there that no one would know what to expect. You know what would be, I feel like, the most, and kind of no one even wants this, but the most interesting thing to do with a Benoit Blanc or Hercule Poirot-type character would have them be wrong at the end. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's a good twist. But also, like, no one's, like, going to see a detective story where the detective's like, oh, well... Cheerio, I'm completely wrong about everything. I'll just fuck off. Well, I mean, technically... Technically, that was kind of like a, uh, and watch them run or see them run. See how they run. Or see how they run where it's like, it's 
technically the victim tells us how it's going to end, but I mean, it's the murderer explaining everything. It's not the detective doing it. Like the detective only knows one clue, not the whole piece of the pie. Yeah, it's a good question. I'm it. I mean, I hate to just be like thinking about the third movie while talking about the second movie, but I really, really do like the existence of this. The existence and success of this movie to me makes me wonder what the third one could possibly be because like this didn't radically change the game in terms of what he did in Knives Out. I think it just reinforced his like almost like encyclopedic knowledge of murder mysteries to the point where he can manipulate them into being something original even if like you know we could spend an hour talking about the comparisons between this and the last of sheila but i still think this movie's wholly original you know like it's not it copying enough of anything it's it's it it plays as an homage more than anything but um I think one homage piece that I was really, like, kind of rooting for, and I know we talked about it in the episode before the movie came out, was uh, I was wondering if the photo, because we all thought it was going to be very Last of Sheila-esque, if the photo uh-huh. that we saw in the trailer will be very important to the story. And it, and it, end up, it ended up being important to the fact that it showed that the glass onion was proof that the napkin was the original. And I'm like, what that's was a cool... photo from the trailer. Uh, it's just them at the glass onion. But the whole point of the photo was to show that the bar closed down and they were the, la- that was the last night at the glass onion. Did you, did you have like some weird prediction that I'm forgetting or something from the trailer? No, I, I, no, I, I, I just thought that you mentioned like the trailer twice. Now I thought I wasn't sure if you were like, said something on the podcast like i'm guessing it now it was no i think i think what we just talked about for the podcast was like how we kept comparing it to last of shield like oh i think it is going to be last shield boys because you know the trailer has a photo it has them on a boat lining up it it just like it felt very you know and we mentioned during the knives out episode that that was like one of Brian Johnson's like go-to like suggestions and recommendations during the knives out or we talked about it during the last of Sheila episode, I think, but during knives out like press, he just like kept, you know, railing off his like favorite uh, murder mysteries. But the last of Sheila was like a, you know, kind of like a, I don't want to say it was like a, like a deep cut, like a deep, what do you call it? A, a deep pull or a sneaky, I don't know, like a, sneaky a snake. Like it's a, it's an idea uh, that it's what, no, what do you call like something that like is a really good suggestion that not a lot of people think of? Why can't I think of it? Is it deep cut? I don't, I don't know. I, I, <sighs> I, I know what you mean by though. Like, try to think like, yeah. like I always think like bringing out the dead when I recommend a Scorsese movie is a good, like, I think it is deep cut. I think that's what I'm looking for. Um, but uh, but that's uh, the last of Sheila is what Ryan Johnson kept like bringing up, and I love that. That was you know four years ago now. Yeah, I guess it was 2019. It's technically four years ago, but uh, I I like that he then goes on to make a sequel that is like super super inspired by it because. 
Knives Out wasn't necessarily had, you know, that many Last of Sheila vibes, but this does. Yes. Um. Yes, it's a deep cut. <laughs> it's a deep obscure, cut. You figured it out. An obscure, obscure work. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like we're we're talking about this movie on a uh, on a deeper level. Than, yeah, but like on a more abstract level than like talking about the plot. But um, I don't know. Is there what's you know some specifics of the plot you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I love the the cameos that it took me like a little bit more looking into to figure out at who everyone was. I immediately was like, oh, it's Angela Lansbury because it's it, we we talked about that beforehand. You got um, Steven and, Sondheim is in there as well, which is kind of yeah, cool. Steven Sondheim. Um, but then the other two, I was like, well, what's their connection? Like, what does Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have to do with it? And a video I watched pointed out that he was in Fletch. Uh, so oh, it's also, I guess that's a murder he, mystery. He wrote uh, he wrote two murder mysteries. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. No way. Yeah, okay. I, I, I looked that up today. I, I saw that someone's um, like, yeah, he wrote, he wrote, oh, I forgot. It was like, oh, it was, uh, who's, what's, uh, the Holmes brother? What's, uh, Minecraft Holmes? He did like two books of no Minecraft. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then Natasha Lyonne. And uh, she's in the new show that is coming Ryan out. Ryan Johnson is Poker making. Face. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was like, I don't, I don't really know who that was benefiting anyone besides maybe rewatching this movie years from now. You'd be like, oh, that makes sense to me now. But, um, but I just liked in general that he just spends his time talking to other like enthusiasts of the genre and like trying to find games that they can all be detectives over. I just, in a bubble bath. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, the opening scene, I know we talked a little bit about it. I really do kind of like how they jump you in. Like the first time you're viewing that scene, it's you're kind of enthralled with the actual puzzle box. You kind of want to know what they're solving. You're realizing no one really knows the clues. Like they all are just getting information from other people. Um, and then I love like that to cut to Helen in her garage just smashing it. Like yeah. just getting straight to the point. Like Really good visual gag. Love it, love it. And then that's like, yeah, my my whole family cracked up at that scene. And also, the whole theater cracked up. I remember. <laughs> oh yeah, so we so Steve didn't see it in theaters, but Dave did, and I did. Um, what was your theater experience? I know it's it's pretty late in the podcast, but I I um, forgot to ask that. Yeah, I think you. I don't know. Did we talk about this? Cause some reason I felt like I think it was I another movie. You. I think. Yeah. Or I don't know. I remember you saying that it wasn't that big of a crowd, but I had like a pretty packed house for mine. Did you? I didn't. I had like maybe, but I went. I think on a, like a Tuesday day. Okay. But yeah. I, I, I think there was like, I don't know, ten other people behind me, but like most of the theater was pretty dead quiet through most of the movie, which I was like really concerned. I'm like, I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, yeah, no, I, I, my theater is definitely pretty jazzed up. Like they all seem to be on the knives out train and you know, we're, we're lapping it up. 
Did you um, did you think it was weird watching it on Steam, Steve? Steve. Or stream, whatever, sorry. <laughs> it's like, why are you watching it on Steve? It's on Netflix. Uh, no, not really. Um, you I, know what? I, I enjoyed it from, like, watching it from my living room. I don't know. Um, well, you also uh, you watch it the day it came out, correct? Yeah. So I feel like there's always something exciting about getting what feels like should be a really big movie, like instantly, like even though it was theaters beforehand, like this is kind of like it's out. You can watch it whenever you want to watch it. It's out. And I think that's like special and not special. I I mean, I think I'm being more gracious towards this because they gave it one goddamn week in theaters, but uh, they got three movie chains to get together that have never played a Netflix movie at all at the same time to do it so hopefully it's a good sign for the future i uh i actually i i laughed because uh i i was thinking when i went to go see it in theaters uh immediately once the first scene started i was like can someone turn on the subtitles and i was just (laughs) like oh god i can i only have to wait two weeks to watch it with subtitles (laughs) just to catch a Uh. little bit more of the conversations the uh, thought did occur to me when the Netflix logo comes on that I wonder how many people in the theater like feel kind of stupid. I paid fifteen dollars for this. <laughs> I'm paying like a subscription amount to watch one of their things in theaters, but I don't know. It's worth it. But I feel like I totally cut Steve off about just talking about his first viewing experience. Yeah, I'm sorry, in Steve. Oh no, no, it was it was good though. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um I haven't I haven't gone to see a movie in uh like two months. I think the last movie I saw was uh the Fablemans in theaters. So Yeah, I remember we uh, did the math on that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like November twenty seventh or something was the last theater movie I think I saw. Damn, I feel like you guys used to be like a actually Chase, I never Chase really still te- goes. I can never tell goes. with you guys though, like whether or not you're both seeing something individually or how often you go together or Chase goes a lot more than I do. I can um, tell Chase's theater habits based on his letterbox because I'm like, well, you have to go to the theater for that. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's just like Steve's works works a lot more hours than I do. Uh, uh-huh. So it's like he he's always either constantly at work and it's just like my day's off. I'm just like, well, I don't want to be in the apartment, so I'm going to go see a movie today. And I was lucky enough to have, like, a solid, like, last month I had, like, a solid run of good movies that came out, which I was like, yes. that's this Yeah, is good last month, month is it. exciting. This is this is a classically dead month in the movie theaters. Uh, but there's usually a good amount of holdover from all the Christmas releases, and then maybe, like, January or, like, late January you start to get, like, oh, this is getting more awards buzz, so they'll release it again or yeah. whatever but um but uh, going back to glass onion uh i do have a question for you guys and i i watched so i watched it again today and the one thing that i feel like is so like important information that i feel like they didn't really i had a hard time kind of getting that point was the clue of the leather the letter of like behind the actual golden ratio did you guys think that was like a mind blowing like reveal 
Or did you like think, oh, how was I supposed to know it was behind there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did any of you like did that go over anyone else's head? Um, I uh, yeah. Well, it didn't go over my head so much as I felt the same way. But like, oh, I was like, oh, clever because you showed us that once earlier. Like, but it wasn't like as soon as you see it. Do you even see the frame? You see the frame when he's yeah, talking. Yeah, but do you see that? it after? Do you see it after or before the letter? Like you, you see, see it the- before, but the thing is, you see, uh, it's the only time you're like, it's like dead shot in the center is when they're showing the photo. Like you, yeah. you see my screen right now on Zoom, right? Yeah. The photo will be here, but like the actual square dot is here, so it's like it's off center. So well, it's like no, you yeah, see but that, you, but that's it. I know you see the frame and the photo and everything, but like in relation to us like knowing that a red envelope exists, no. when do you see it? Do you see you see the frame after you know the red envelope exists? No, I think before? it's before. I think it's before. That's see, just, well, then, in that case, yeah, that wouldn't mean matter. anything to yeah. you. Uh, but I, I do think you see it at least once afterwards, but it's still like... There's one point where they look at the uh, at the napkin, uh, or they like reference the napkin, and did, and it does a uh, there's a cut to the to the, the napkin, picture. and and it's like zooming in on it, and I guess in that scene you can see, but again, it's like if you're not looking for it, then like then how yeah. do you know? Like yeah. yeah, like you have no idea. Um, I do that, think that it's like is, a. It's it's more of it was right in front of our character's eyes the whole time, not so much with the audience's eyes. Like I like it's not. I don't think it's supposed to play as like the answer is right in front of you, the viewer, the entire time. If you fucking were smart enough to guess that that red square was the envelope that contained the original napkin, like I think that's too much to ask viewers. Yeah, but like, but I feel like if how you're Benoit Blanc and yeah. you're snooping around and you're staring that in the face, then maybe it's more of in front of his face than it is in front of our face. You know, like, all right. It just seemed like it seemed like when it like when they're actually revealing when she gets up there and she sees it, it's like it's obvious it's right there. Like, yeah, she she beams right for it, and I'm like, I I don't know where like. If it just like the edit, they they miss something, or it like I miss something. I don't know. I the only time I feel like I missed anything, like watching it again today, was like the first puzzle you see when the box opens is the golden ratio puzzle, and it's yeah. like that. And then with the actual frame, that's it. That's the only time you're like given that information. I don't know if it's like enough to get you to that huge mind-blowing experience i know this I like is... it when okay go on steven no i like when benoit blanc refers to the board game he's like and then i got some some board game that I, uh, some childish games that i that took me a couple minutes to solve um and he didn't even solve it yeah he, uh, he literally <laughs> just got the copy from the the girl that, that uh that broke it uh andy um yeah i don't know i just thought that was that was funny just because he was belittling him because some of those uh <laughs> puzzles if you look into them um one of them is and i forget the name of the move but there is a chess move where you can if you're playing an amateur chess player who doesn't know how to play chess you can beat them in two moves and it's called like the something move 
Um, and one of those puzzles is doing that. It's doing that, that yeah, chess Catherine, move. Catherine Hahn says that. Yes. This and I just a, can't remember a, like a, yeah, a, a blank in five or whatever. And, and the reason why I know that is because of my, my dad has beaten me with that before. When I was a kid, I remember that. Cause I was like, I moved my pawn a certain way and he's like, hoo, hoo, hoo. and I was like, <laughs> what? And then he like made a move. I made another move and he's like, checkmate. And I was like, what? How? Uh, but uh, so I, I don't know. That was that was fun to to see that in action. That's actually really funny. Mm. Um, I'm trying to yeah, think. They, like uh, again, it's another uh, it's another callback. This movie does have a lot of callbacks to other murder mysteries, and this one I I would say is like it's you have Miles who kind of obsessed with games. Not only does it remind me of. Uh, our character from the, the last of uh, Sheila, but it reminds me of Sleuth. I mean, you have um, opposite uh, opposite Michael Caine in that movie. Uh, uh, the character is obsessed with board games and puzzles, and it's like, what does Miles send his friends? This big, elaborate, like, puzzle box um, mm-hmm. with all these different types of puzzles. I don't know. Uh, I was drawing similarities there. Um, well, I, it, I think it's, uh, a, it's a good thing to draw from because it. I don't know if. Oh my god! I don't know if my memory is bad, but was was Knives Out the one that had the captain from Sleuth? In yes. It? So yes. it's like yeah. I feel like if anything, like this movie relates to Last of Sheila, how Knives Out relates to Sleuth in a way, or, um, or yeah. I I also think like a, a like one of the things I like about how everything's in front of your face. Like if you think about the last of Sheila and Sleuth, like um, don't remember the the main dude that dies in the last of Sheila's name, but uh, he actually came up with all of the games himself because he was a fan of it and he liked the the mind game of it all. And then in Sleuth, they're both like you know, like serviceable, smart guys. Um, and where is that going to play with this? I don't oh, know. Like it, in this miles, Edward Norton's character is, is like a guy that likes murder mysteries because of the appearance that it makes you seem like intelligent, but he doesn't even come up with any of the stuff like right. the puzzles for come up with his, his puzzle guy. And, uh, the the story itself was, was written, written by, by Gillian it. Flynn. Yeah, it was like the, I, I like that. the girl I, that wrote Gone Girl and stuff. Like more of just what it, Chase like was saying, where you take these these cliches or these murder mystery tropes and you turn them on their head because normally Miles would be, and I think we're all into the interpretation until he reveals his secrets, uh, which is pretty early in the movie. Uh, he's a genius of sorts. Yeah, we yeah. think he's a genius, um, yeah. and he's not. And I I think that's another example of Chase saying like. You take the tropes and the cliches and like what we're used to, uh, especially us with going through a, an entire series of it, uh, and you flip it on its head. Um, and that just comes down to, to clever writing. Um, uh, it's Steve, good writing. I, I have a question because I know I, I watched that uh, Easter egg breakdown. I don't know if you watched it, but uh, there was a, there was something that I didn't notice that the Easter egg video I watched was like it showed me and I blew my mind is you actually see the moment Blanc figures out who who did everything and it's it's when uh Batista is still alive he's like dying his last breath is when you see Blanc figure it out 
because he's over his body trying to resuscitate him. And you see his nose pucker up like he's smelling something. And it's like he's smelling the actual pineapple, pineapple yeah. juice from his breath. And he knows yeah. that he was dead from pineapple juice. And I don't know. I just think. No, like, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's genius. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, it's just it's dumb. dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I think that uh, also. Uh, you're getting, uh, you're giving that, uh, what's that, uh, oh, God, I should know this. Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's gun? gun? Yeah. Check, Chekhov's uh, Mona Lisa? Yeah, so it's Chekhov's Mona Lisa. It, it, yeah, I guess it's, like, there is a gun that's literally right, Chekhov's gun. But, as but well. what I was going to say, Dave, is exactly what you said, was that I was, I was, uh, I, I, don't I, know I said kept Mona thinking, Lisa either. Mona. I kept thinking, and it's the way that, and I'm, and, and, and I, I don't mean to, pat ourselves on the back as film guys here but i was like they keep going back yeah. to this psh, psh, psh. they just kept cutting back to the mona lisa and that shield coming down like over and over and over it's like he's beating us over the head with this is gonna be important later um and yeah i, I caught on to that i i, I assume well, a lot of other people did but i, I go ahead I just want to say that I'm, I'm probably just stupid or not intelligent enough for this because they give us three things that are definitely like Chekhov's gunny a little bit, but it's a, or I guess four things. A, it's the, it's the real Mona Lisa. Yep. B, it's under some sort of temperature controlled, like, like super active device that will close and shut and close and shut. C, it's, uh, he put in his own fail safe for it. And then D that this entire house is being run on his clear, his little energy yes. crack Un unsafe, uh, clear. clear spelled with a K. Okay. Yeah. Um, given all of these things that like it is all pointing in one direction that this is going to burn. I'm like, someone's getting their head cut off in that yeah. thing. Like, that's yeah, what I'm I, thinking this whole time. That's uh, all I could think of was, like, someone's getting their head cut off or, or something yeah, cut off. It's, yeah. it's really funny because for some reason, when, like, the first time you see the shield go up and down, I'm like, yeah. is this actually a heist movie? Is this not a murder mystery? <laughs> oh are we going to see, God, like, a Mona Lisa yeah. heist? You know, Nicholas yeah. Cage walks around the corner and he's like, I'm going to steal the declaration. I, I did present the idea uh, during Knives Out that is, is are Knives Out mysteries necessarily murder mysteries every time? So maybe that's what they do with the third one is he's investigating oh. National Treasure 3. Well, or, or, or I mean, and going he's, back to, like Nicholas to our theories for the third one, how about a third one where he actually, like, Scooby-Doo's it and he just falls into a mystery? Mm. Whether than being... I would like that. Like, uh, invited or anonymous. Like, he's, he's at a famous... And maybe it's not a murder mystery. And here, yeah, I hope Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, if you're listening, uh, maybe he's at like an art museum and somebody steals a piece of art. And instead of having to solve a mystery, he's like, I have to catch the thief. I don't know. What, if, what throwing, if the inside incident throwing, is someone stole something and then someone gets murdered and he goes, okay. Right, right. Now it's right. my turn and, to step in. Or right. he's framed for a murder and then the detective agency is like, you're now on your own, Benoit Blanc. You've been 
blacklisted and then he's oh, like i have oh. to solve this murder to clear my <laughs> name and then someone's like wait a second who let the bond writers into this room this is just yeah, a was, james bond plot i was about to say what if he's recruited by a secret uh, british yeah. intelligence group and, and uh, um no uh but uh i liked it uh I, I i like in this movie that uh we get even though it's not i, I don't know it's hard to say the, the spotlight is shared but I still feel like we get to know Benoit Blanc a little bit more because you get that, you get that, uh, that I guess beginning montage where he's just kind of like, I'm bored. Like I have nothing to do. I'm solving crosswords puzzles in my bubble bath. Like, uh, he doesn't have anything yeah. to do. Um, that small segment does so much. I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like it does too. And I really like that personal moment. And then you find out Benoit Blanc is gay, which didn't know that. Um, and you don't find that. I mean, at first you hear a voice from the other room and I'm like, I'm like, is that his like, well, he's in a bathtub, but there's a man's voice coming from the other room. You're like, is that his butler? You don't really know. <laughs> uh, but then he goes back to it and you find out like, oh, it's his boyfriend. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, we get a little bit more of his uh, personality. Yeah. yeah. Of like, who is Benoit Blanc? Like, cause in the first knives out, he's shrouded in a bit of mystery. You get the, you, yeah. You, you find out who he is through other people. Oh, he's, you're that you're that detective. And you solve that mystery, and he's there to solve a mystery, right? In, in right. My, it, but in it, it's kind of similar to what you were saying earlier, or it's the same thing that you were saying earlier, Steve. For the viewer to like watch it in the first time, he's actually there. The set, like in this one, he doesn't appear to be there for anything besides he was invited along. So he's kind of just like taking in the scene you right know? there's and not he just like says that uh, murder hanging over the plot that we're like oh how is he figuring out this murder even though he is actually doing that we just don't know that and, and, and again not yet dave because he goes into the island not ex- i don't think he's expecting a murder well, to but a murder but has does, already occurred That's right what I'm right saying. right he yes, yes, yes yes another yes. murder going yes. right yeah, but he is uh, investigating I, a murder from the a murder from the start but yes uh he's we as a viewer just think he's just there tagging along like oh this is cool I'm right and he Leto's plays kombucha, it he plays it so well um i love that line uh and it's the second time he brings ed norton miles to the glass onion and it's when after he solved the mystery and he's like uh he's like you don't realize you brought all these people to this island who all have a motive to kill you and you started to play a game in which one of them kills you um i love it's that like, like, putting a loaded saying, gun like, on the table and turn off the putting lights putting a loaded gun yeah. on the table and turning off the lights uh and oh then he's like god i oh gave you that god, you stole that from it. <laughs> he's like um, your one murder that you <laughs> Yeah. But also, I love the he's, play he's on that. He's not even upset about all the bad wrongdoing going on. He's just upset that this guy isn't intelligent. Right. And it's kind of funny <laughs> because um, it, without realizing it, until until I'd watched like a recap video, I was like, oh, my God. Ryan Johnson is poking fun at one of the flawed murder mystery plots. And is that if you are blackmailing somebody, or if you were wronging somebody, why would you invite them to a secluded location for a dinner party? And it's like clue. It's like if you are Mr. Body 
and you put all these weapons into everybody's hands and turn off the lights, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Somebody's going to try to kill you because you're the one blackmailing everybody. And I like that Ryan Johnson is kind of turning that on his head and being like, yeah, that's kind of a stupid thing to do. Like realistically speaking, and I know all these movies, murder mysteries are a bit out of the realm of realism. There's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of that uncanny valley. Or whatever. It's a parody. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. It's a, it's a parody. Yes. <laughs> it absolutely. Works in that. So like it yeah, gets you're away right. with it because of that. You're right, Dave. Because um, well, because I'm love, thinking of, of the same exact plot is is, and then there are none. But the motive is to kill everyone. So that right, right. None and that, of that one's yeah. That one works better. But um, but yeah, I just like that. Uh, Benoit Blanc is kind of because we all love these murder mysteries, but like he's almost pointing out the flaws and throwing a murder mystery, like party. If you're a rich, a rich eccentric asshole, oh, yeah. like, Hey, this is probably yeah. a really bad idea because none of these people, all these people are superficial. And I they mean, view you really no, as a friend. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, and, and it's, you get those flashback sequences where like they're all in the bar and you get the sense that like everyone else outside of miles, of course, we're already friends. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if I doubt the legitimacy of their friendship, but are they, are they all superficial people? Like kind of, you they know, like game superficial. Yeah. They think, sure, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that the, they're rooted in a real friendship that just became, uh, soured through, uh, it became you know, toxic. Uh, it, it, yeah, it became toxic through, yeah, through money and greed or, and you know, like possession or whatever. Like, uh, who does this company real belong to? Like, power. who's pulling the strings? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good observation of, um, of power. Yeah. Like you just said, Chase, like, this is a good observation of like, uh, it's people, that side of the life. And you know, what, you know what's funny is like, power. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a wild comparison because I know it's not a murder mystery, but, uh, the tone of this movie reminded me of the menu, which I just watched where it's like this rich eccentric, like chef is inviting all these people to this Island and he doesn't like any of these people, uh, because they've all wronged him in one way or another. One of them just from being in a movie. Um, but, uh, he's, Spoilers. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like the menu was a murder mystery without, and I can't speak much on it without spoilers. So I won't, but I think you it guys does, get what uh, I'm it, saying. It, it operates echoes, as a murder echoes mystery like without a, being yeah, a murder yeah. mystery. Without being, yeah, uh, for sure. Cause you have the, you have the central location, you have the rich guy, you have the invites, you have people that have. All mysterious backgrounds. Yes, that, yes, yeah. yes. None of them particularly likable, except for the exception of like one or two people who are your main characters, but whatever. Um, but yeah, schmores, schmores, <laughs> um, cheeseburger, <laughs> cheese, but also, I, I just I, I will say that I think it's a, a um, I don't like that this movie was uh released with a limited theatrical run because I feel like if you gave it room to breathe, this movie yeah. probably would have produced much like knives out did, which was a hit. I would agree. So I don't, that. I, um, well, it's tough. It's tough. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel, Dave? How do you here's, feel? Here's hoping that Netflix got some sort of financial gain from that one week to the point where they're like, huh, like, we're still getting this amount of numbers. 
December 23rd. And we got a good chunk of change on November 23rd. Like, let's maybe bump it to a month and then see what happens. Well, but, um, how are the Irishman numbers, Dave, on its limited release? I don't know. They, I mean, Netflix doesn't really... Show that stuff. Yeah, they'll say this is the most watched thing with Daniel Craig on our platform ever. Yeah, like, yeah they're like, real weird like about that. Yeah, you're, like you're, that. Right, you're right, you're right. It's like um, sh- I'm kind of mad at it. Netflix right now. I feel like they're yeah, they're kind of making you Netflix. they're making some stupid yeah, moves lately, uh, dude. I'm yeah, sorry, some real but, stupid uh, moves that could possibly jeopardize <laughs> the future of another investment we have going. Yes. Um, by the way, there is a petition out there. Sorry. I signed um, it. I signed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I it's it's just a curious. It's it's something I'm curious about because I'm I'm look I'm I'm. I am all for I would I would be a total hypocrite if I told you I am against streaming. Do I yeah. think it jeopardizes the integrity of the theater experience? Yes. Will I continue streaming till the day I die? Yeah. Yes. Um this I, is the I, dumbest I, it, it, it's it's tough. It's like I I I I love the theater experience and it's so it's like here I am talking to two people who saw Glass Onion in the theaters and I'm somebody who streamed it but I'm like uh, upset that it didn't get a long enough theater run, but I wasn't there to support him. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm just, I am, well, an, I am an advocate for the theater experience. Like I think that that is something that is, that is dying. And there's movies like Avatar, Nope, Top Gun Maverick that like make you go to the theaters. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, that's a spectacle. Like I got to see this on the big screen, but um, why did you not put, well, there's some glass, nice, you know, you There's know. a nice thing that there will always be directors that most likely will refuse to ever let streaming services premiere their movies. You have the Nolans, Nolan, the Camerons. Yep. Right. But the, Dave, we saw people the, like we saw people I never thought would cross that Tom picket. Cruise. You yeah. have like Martin Scorsese, who I thought would never cross that picket line of like uh, I feel no, like, I, will I feel like someone I don't know, took advantage of his old age and they <laughs> misrepresented it to him. He's like, so this is going to be a theater, right? They're like, yeah, theater. Yeah, for a week. For a week. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Mark. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's going to be in two theaters, and that works for the word theaters. <laughs> like, it's just, I so, don't know. We're and doing that for an Oscar like, run, okay, right? Okay, yeah, so yeah. A- okay. Apple TV Plus, that's a movie theater thing, right? That's that's where I'm going to bring my next movie. That's the Killers name of, of the Flower Moon. <laughs> Apple TV Plus is definitely a movie theater thing, right? right. That's like the new AMC, right? Or like Regal? <laughs> no. It just has the word TV in it for no reason, right? Uh, uh, but no, no I, uh, I, 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 it's just tough. Um, well, I think it's the strangest thing, like what I was saying earlier. I do get this, like, especially being like a crazy person that stays up all night long sometimes. I like it three in the morning sometimes when I'm like, oh, shit, like... Glass Onion, a Knives Out sequel, is available to me right now because I want to watch it. You're right. Then I'll watch, like, not that I had this experience because I saw it in theaters, but if I watched it, I would be like, huh, that was a four and a half star movie. I wish I saw it in theaters. Whereas, like, a lot of stuff that comes on streaming, I watch and I'm like, three stars. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it's because it's bad because I'm watching it on Netflix or if it's just 
the type of quality that Netflix God, right. gets. I'm so glad it. you yeah. stuck in I'm, a three, three and a half star realm. Oh my God. Dude, very, very, yeah. very rarely will get a good movie, like a really, really good movie. I literally said I'd this. say like two or three a year, maybe. I said this the other day to Chase. You and it, it's I, you were actually being more generous, Dave. I said... God, Chase, I feel like doing this 365, I feel like so many Netflix original movies are just so cookie-cutter, two-and-a-half, three-star movies. Like, yeah. so many of them for well, me, I'm, like, like the man from Toronto. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, I gave it, I gave it two-and-a-half stars, and that movie, like, equally makes me mad as as it does, it's like what it, there's so yeah. many. Doesn't like, make you mad yeah. at the yes. same time. Like there's it's, so many. That, like uh, there's there's like good Kevin jokes. Hart, Mark Wahlberg movie. Like me time. Yeah, that, that, dude, that is like, like the perfect mm, perfect like, description. Is this movie is making me mad while at the same time really not offending me at all, which actually offends me more. more. It's yeah, like I yes. would rather it be so bad that I'm offended by its badness, not right. its so mediocre that and, it's just bad like, it, which what is, reminds like, me of is so much it, netflix is is like what i say is is, is cookie cutter because like i remember like i was my parents were big renters when i was a kid so we'd stay in a house for like five years we'd move to another one rent it and so like when we'd go house hunting like i'd go with them my other brothers didn't really want to so i'd go with my parents i love that stuff um and when we went to these houses when they were newly built they all looked very very similar like uh-huh the rooms were the same size. And my aunt who was working in real estate at the, at the time was like, Oh, those are what are called cookie cutter houses because you're like taking a mold, a cookie yeah. cutter and you're placing it on a property and that's the house you're building. And then you go to the next property and, and that's the, the house you're building. Yeah. Yes. And you're just, and it's like, that is the Netflix formula is like a cookie cutter. It's like, oh, okay. Like get a couple big stars Throw in some action, give it enough of a budget to where the special effects are like mediocre at best. Right there. They're right there. They're like right there. And, uh, you know, throw in some one liners, uh, give it, I don't know. It just seems so formulaic. And like, I think that the, to me, and it's the most disappointing part of it all, though, is that it probably doesn't really not work for them. Like it works for them. Like they, they make so a ton people, of money of it. Yeah. So many people probably were like, Oh, Kevin Hart, Mark Wahlberg in a movie. Like I gotta watch this. Like I watched it. I'm one of those. So people. did I, so did and then, I. I don't know. But the difference is we were like, that movie sucked. Whereas a lot of people were like, good movie, Netflix. You've done it again. Like I feel and, like, and you know, I feel you know like what, the masses are pleased by Netflix. Besides, like when you bring up, like I don't know, like profile is, sharing or whatever, and then they're like, "Oh, fucking Netflix is trash." Is this is this it though? Is this like a, a serious question? Is this, uh, and I don't mean to sound elitist, but is like, are they a are they appeasing to to an algorithm? They're like, like yeah, water, and it's like, and I it's mean, like, it doesn't even mean. Eighteen ninety nine was canceled, guys. Obviously, yeah, that's yeah, true. Really it's like, so it's like, it, it's like, like, are the people looking at like, like, because you're, I've said it before, and I'll stand behind it. Like, I think the two best, if you're looking for movies, the two best streaming sites are Netflix and HBO Max. That's my opinion, but I feel like Netflix has a lot of titles that you can't see. However, they they box you into this algorithm of like, what have you been watching? And then they release all these like stupid 
Netflix original movies. And it's like, what's at the top of your Netflix when you log in? Uh, newly added, top 10, uh, recently yeah. watched. It's like all three of those categories can be summed up with one. Like, yeah. Uh, and then newly, newly added is showing yes. you fucking the Irishman still or something. Right, but, right. But it's I not, mean, it's not showing like, you the Irishman because it's a terrible algorithm. Well, then you also but right. have like, it's something from like three years ago for some reason. You have still. the like the like mores that don't do shit because you go into like this and it's like this and is nothing not like, like this. these movies. Yeah, like like yeah. I went into the I would I saw twins recently. I went into the like this and it's like. 30 minutes or less, um, like uh, some Tim Allen movie. And I'm like, these are, and I've seen them. I saw the movies on them more like this, but I was like looking at Chase and I was like, none of these movies are anything like twins. Like I could probably go through Netflix and make you a list of seven other movies that are like this movie better than this computerized or I hope it's not manual algorithm. I do think the algorithm is somewhat functioning when I put in the work of like actually liking everything that I think is worthy of liking. Mm. Like I'm not talking mm. like if I like who Halloween, I'm probably not going to hit on it because then like, I don't You're gonna get David Spades shit. and Adam yeah. Sandler's and who like, knows, yeah. but like if I like the Irishman or like seven is on there, I'll just, even if like, I don't plan on watching seven on Netflix anytime soon, I'll be like, Oh, I better like that. And then I also go through and dislike things that I've never seen before. Like, get this fucking Lindsay Lohan holiday movie off my shit. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like, well, no it, offense to that movie if it's any no. good. But I Which, I know the type of movie that I don't want to be sold. So I try to, like, force the algorithm to, like, come up with something that maybe will come up with a suggestion I like. And, yeah, and I like the most because- part, we think you'll like this or whatever it's called is filled with movies I've seen before that I like. So I'm kind of like, they just, I don't know. Netflix doesn't have a big category or a big enough library to like show me like a hidden gem, I guess is what I want. Like a good hidden gem, even though that's a whole section. Right. Uh, and I like what you said. You you told me this uh, one time on your back porch. You told us both. I think you were, uh, you either went to your sister's fiance's, house at the time and he was like or, or maybe it was your yes grandpa, it was but it they was had my the sister's different... boyfriend and it was like all german stuff because right, he watches right. a lot of german like you know like shows and stuff and it's even like when uh because i don't i don't use my actual netflix anymore i think it's actually it's probably i would imagine it's canceled because i've switched debit cards but uh even going from like when I moved up, I moved to Ohio, I had my Netflix and then moving to chases. Like it's I noticed different movies different. pop up. Yeah. yeah. Like movie different just based on what I had been watching before I moved here. It, uh, it really, it feels like you're scrolling through someone else's Instagram or yeah. something. You're yeah. Like, yeah. Weird. Well, this yeah. is weird. This is weird. It's not uh, <laughs> it's not what you expect, but um, we got off of glass last on you, but I'm glad we <laughs> talked about the Netflix thing because this was a Netflix release. Um, Okay. And Netflix is just, it's just, go ahead. They, they just, I, I guess to get us back on track and to wrap up, I guess, the only thing that I would like to talk about, I guess, is the cast. Uh, yeah. Which uh, I, I, it's, it's, yeah. Haven't, we haven't talked haven't about seen Kate Edward Hudson. Norton in a long time. I haven't seen Kate Hudson in a while. I know they're both pretty, I don't know how well, pretty active Edward Norton is, but Kate Hudson's definitely active somewhere. And Edward Norton she also, did that, uh, that Brooklyn movie with uh, 
Wasn't that last year uh, or 2020? No, that's like three years ago, I think. Motherless really? Brooklyn. Yeah, was with that Bruce 2019? Uh, yeah, I think like it was. 20. I mean, everyone thinks that 2019 was last year, so. Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, but, but yeah, Dave, I'm surprised you've gone this. Yeah. Holy I'm shit. surprised you've gone. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say I'm surprised we have not uh, brought up Kate Hudson just because of, I she know that you're a big it. fan. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. And I, uh, I just watched almost famous like three months ago. And then Chase asked me, he's like, uh, he's like, Oh, you're a big fan of Kate Hudson. What's your favorite Kate Hudson movie? And I was like, it's gotta be now, uh, almost, almost famous. famous. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I was already in love with her, like from a kid because I watched all those rom-coms and then I have a special link with my mom and like how to lose an, guy in 10 days like that's i love that romantic comedy but i loved her as also i thought she was hot um but Same. then like then <laughs> then you start to realize like when you see her in more like dramatic roles you're like okay this is the daughter of like hollywood royalty mm-hmm. and yeah she can actually act like she's she's uh and, and not not to say i didn't notice that as a kid but you know when i'm 13 14 years old i'm just like oh she's pretty i like kate hudson but then uh yeah growing up uh watching more of her movies almost famous is a big reco if you've never seen it um great great kate hudson um but i really liked her in this movie i like seeing her as it's, this it's actually crazy how little i've seen of kate hudson considering how like household name she seems to me like yeah kate hudson everyone knows her yeah only seen like seven Kate Hudson movies. That's no. crazy. No, are you looking through her filmography yeah. right now? Yeah, almost famous. How to lose a guy in ten days. This is a good run I went on. I, from two thousand five to two thousand eight, I was all about the Hudson. But Skeleton Key, You Mean Dupree, and Fool's Gold. Okay, and then and then like nothing for a decade almost. Clear history that Larry David movie. Wish I was here. The Zach Braff movie, and then nothing until again. Deepwater Horizon it was 2016, and then nothing oh, yeah, till the... Glass Onion. Yeah, she Glass gets Onion to work with her uh, their pops or her her stepfaja, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Um, Who, if I'm yeah, wrong, she's did... pretty awesome. I listened to an interview with her on this movie, and she's just a very bubbly, nice personality. Like she's funny. I watched so her hot ones. History to talk about. I watched like, her hot it. ones and um, promoting this movie, and uh, she was great. Uh, but yeah, just like Dave, Dave said, yeah, very. Uh, just seems like a a super down to earth, likable like. A cool person, just someone someone that'd be fun to hang out with. Yeah, very. And I gotta say, um, I feel like these roles sometimes are kind of a necessary evil. You need this like stereotype archetype, like you know, annoying, like ignorant, non self aware person in a movie like this. Like you know, knives knives out had plenty of that. It's almost like the whole cast is almost like this, but. Her character in particular is just a character. I often, I'm like, "Fuck, this person is so annoying and like cheaply written." And I didn't in this movie. Yeah, I really. And maybe it's Kate to credit all credit to Kate Hudson and to Ryan Johnson's writing, I guess. But um, yeah, she crushed it. I really, really enjoyed her, and to the point where I'm like, I, I hope you know this got her some like recognition because I don't think she's been working in like very good movies. 
I agree, Dave. Uh, she gets, she got, I think she got, which is really weird because I don't get it. Because she did almost famous in what, 99? 2000. Uh, yeah. Or 2000. 2000? It's a 2000. So, and then, which is like one gets, of her first roles ever. Right. But then she gets stuck in the rom com vehicles, like, yeah. where she's just like, it fools gold and like how to lose a guy in 10 days. And not to say, like, I liked uh, how to lose a guy. I don't yeah, know. I think fool's how gold to lose a guy in 10 days is like, Early thousands rom com royalty, like it, it is a good movie, right? <laughs> uh, it is, yeah. I, I will defend that movie. I, I really think that, like, uh, it's also it's. It, I told Chase, Chase hasn't seen it, but I was like, it has a dual plot in it that I really appreciate. It's uh, fun for the guy and the girl. Yeah, because the title <laughs> of the movie doesn't necessarily do that. I feel like a lot of guys look at the movie and they're like, I don't want to see that some standard chick flick, and it's like you don't understand. Matthew McConaughey is trying to do like kind of the same thing to her that she's trying to do to him. Yeah. So it's like, it's fun for both sexes. It's a fun rom-com for both the guys and the girls. Yeah. It gives like two perspectives that are funny and yeah. Good. It's good. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Dave, uh, why she didn't get uh, more. Cause uh, who's the uh, Cameron Crow? Director? Yes. I don't um, know. That's a prestigious director to be, you know, to have an early role with. And I don't know why she didn't get more, I guess like Oscar bait material is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Crowe kind of nose dives after. He does, doesn't he? After almost almost famous, not necessarily right after. I don't know. Let's let's check out the old crow bag. I'm sorry. We're going (laughs) on a tangent, but yeah, his next movie was vanilla sky, which to be fair, I've never seen. And then he does Elizabeth Town. To be fair, I've never uh, seen, which is yuck. like notoriously a really, Kirsten really Dutz bad movie. With, yeah, with Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Uh, and then we bought a zoo. I had. Oh seen, wow! Didn't like it. And then he did Aloha, which I also haven't seen. With Bradley Cooper and uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. Cameron Crowe. Okay. I, I really liked the guy before all of those movies. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Vanilla Sky though. Me too. I hear it's a real trip, but um, I don't know. What are, uh, do we want to go into? Final thoughts. Um. Yeah. I mean, is there yeah. any other? I really liked seeing Ed Norton, even though, like, for some reason, over the past, like, I don't know, like five years or something, I've kind of been like, is Ed Norton like an asshole, and that's why I don't see him that much anymore. Um. But I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of interviews with him lately. And he might be an asshole for all I know, but he seems like a pretty pretty cool guy. He also uh, just found out that he's related to Pocahontas. What? No way. No, he isn't. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did the uh he did the as a big post I, I saved it. I bookmarked it um from like three different sites. I posted this this past week. Uh that uh he did like the, the lineage thing, or whatever. Yeah. Twenty-three, yeah, and uh, found out that he's like seven, seven, uh, generations uh, removed from uh, uh, Pocahontas. Wow. It's like his great, 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 great grandmother or something. It's wild. I wonder um, what those results like say. Like, like, is that like deep into like the family tree? You have to keep scrolling, or is there like a like a like confetti that pops up and it's like, like congratulations, you're, you're a famous person. Yeah. <laughs> you're related to Pocahontas. Oh man. Yeah, I, I always wear that too. Uh my uncle's done something like that and uh found out 
uh, some stuff I didn't want to know, but other good stuff, like good stuff, like uh, you're related had, to Hitler. <laughs> no, no, that we had, we it's an anti confetti that it's like thumbs down that pop up. It's like you're related to Hitler. Uh, we Sorry. got uh, there was the good part is there was a uh, part of our family that was involved in the Underground Railroad. So I was like, okay, that's cool. When, when, Wh- which uh, part? Then, I don't know. <laughs> part of. Are they above the Underground Railroad? <laughs> no. uh, it was actually. Part of shutting down the underground yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> no, um, and then uh, the part, the 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 bad part is that my my last name Dillard is derived from Dullard, D U L L A R D, and the reason why, uh, if if you if you guys are familiar with just the history of last names, uh, you are often given the last name associated with your um your job, like carpenter or blacksmith or whatever. Um, and I guess the Dullards. Uh, were a dull bunch who were given medial <laughs> jobs, and I'm like, what? oh, that's great. So we come from a uh, that was you're the gonna say they're bankers or something. Yeah, I know dollards. No, they're dollards. No, they were. Uh, it was something my my uncle said they just worked medial jobs and that they got the last name Dullard because they were dull. But then when there was like the something to do when we, when we came to America, they they replaced the U with an I. And then and you guys Dillard. founded Dillard's. The, the, yeah, Dillard's. And then we found the department store. And yeah. uh, I'm still waiting on my check. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's really sad. I just looked up my uh, Don't my original that, last Chase. name. Gonna... Really depressing. That's What is it? What was it originally? So, so my, my, my name derives from Lanonin. I just looked up Lanonin. Do you know what Lanonin stands for? What? It is an old adjective meaning glooming and miserable. Wow. It just describes me and it says compared to Leno. And I'm like, wow, that is <laughs> compared that to is, those other miserable fucks, Leno. Leno, former Dude. with a subname Surflex Nun. Since the okay. Middle Ages. Oh my god, a Finland. Yeah, it, we're from Finland. Oh my God. Gloomy and miserable. Wow. About our our very own um, David Gio is that there is no geodes that exist in America that aren't related to you, isn't that right? Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. There is no geodes in America that aren't related <clears throat> to Dave. Yeah, which <laughs> one time uh, I have some adopted geos um, that don't necessarily look like the rest of the geos so like someone said that to someone else and they're like no i know a geo and they're definitely not related to you we're like yeah they are like they're (laughs) they're geos everyone's a geo but yeah everyone from our last name comes from that is just crazy that's crazy and you're uh you're what is your uh what is geo it's Geo is French, but I think French. I, I I mean I don't think I'm like almost positive that it was Geo de Quattro and they dropped the hyphen, which de Quattro is uh Portuguese. I imagine if imagine if it was uh it David, was something Quattro, really like depressing. David Geo de Quattro. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, no, but uh yeah, so let's get into far, our final thoughts for the uh for the old the old glass I did. All right. Uh what's to go first? Uh, yeah. I'll go first. I'll go for sure. Um all right, this is a tough one to rate for me. Um, now this is our this is the concluding episode of our cleanup series, our spring cleaning, um, spring cleaning in December, early January. So, what's uh, do we have our do we have a criteria, boys? Are we are we ranking this to uh, well, murder, a, murder it's a, mystery? It's a murder mystery? Yeah. All right, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so as a um, 
as a murder mystery, it's a five star. I don't really know how to like, I mean, is it, is it, uh, if, if, as far as my, my check mark boxes go, is it, is it, is it new and exciting check? Uh, does it like innovate or like push forward the genre and give me hope for the genre in the future? Uh, yeah. Check. Like there's still stories to be told, obviously. Um, did it tell a good story? Yeah. Check. I don't know. Five, five, five stars. Um, as a film, I'm still landing on four and a half. Um, I think I gave knives out a five star. Uh, do I like, I, it's so tough. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to land on four and a half. I have minor gripes, yeah, but nothing that, like, that's hard. Nothing like major. Like I love, I love the movie and I, I, I mean, I, I watch it. I can see myself watching it again and again, but I just keep arriving at four and a half as a film and then five stars as a murder mystery. All right. All right. I, uh, if you're looking back at our old, I, I don't know our full list, but I know enough about our list. Was there a pool table? Yes, there was. So that's already a check mark. Uh, was there a fake death? Yes, there was. There's another check mark. Was there a murder? There's a pool table. Yeah, d- dude. One of the flashbacks is when she's writing the yes. the note. He's at the pool table trying to do shots, which he misses every shot he takes. Yes, at he the does. Pool. And he's also weirdly dressed like Tom Cruise from Magnolia. Yes. And his hair. Yes, just his long. hair is like it too. Um, um, but yeah, we got a pool table, which I was like, thank God. At least one of our murder mysteries, other than like two other ones, had a pool table yeah. in it. Uh, we ever write a murder mystery, it's upset in a fucking pool wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not a bad idea. Just it really turned things on their head. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you're right, uh, Steve. I, I want to give this for a murder mystery a five because it definitely t- does what Knives Out did, where it changes the aspect of what you really think a murder mystery is, but still doing the typical cliches and tropes that a normal murder mystery has as a movie movie. That one's really tough. It's tough. I know. That's why I was like, I want to give it five, but I don't know. I think it's extremely clever, but I feel like it's clever because it's showing you like, you can dig all you want. We'll give you all the answers, but at the end of the day, the real plot is as simple as it gets. And I, I don't know if that, like, I don't know. I feel like there are some things that didn't hit as well. I'm going to also give it a four and a half. I'm going to give it a four and a half until something changes my mind one day when I rewatch it and go, yeah, this is this is actually a pretty good movie. But as of now, four and a half. All right. I kind of forgot that we have the luxury of rating it as a murder mystery because, yeah, five stars, easy. Uh, And I liked everything that you both said, but, like, what Steve, like, you pretty succinctly, like, all the things that we like or that are important for a new murder mystery, you know, like, is it doing something new, blah, 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 like, everything. Not to blah, 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 everything you said, but everything you said, yes. Uh, thumbs yeah. up and like a, another um a thing that murder mysteries should do i think is excite you with a premise and it doesn't have to be right off the bat even though this movie kind of does it twice for me 
but uh, they excited me with the whole puzzle box thing. I'm like, oh, I'm into this. Like, I'm really into this. Even though it was like a version of the invitations from the last Sashiwa, it felt a little bit unique and, and enough to pull me along. And then the whole pulling back the curtains, giving us new information, and then sending us back into the mystery um, was a fun uh, twist, too. So definitely easily five stars. But um, I'm not having as hard of a time as you guys, I guess. I'm an easy four and a half, slash four, maybe even. I don't know. I've decreed that this year I'm going to be more hard. I did this last year, too, but I'm going to be more harsh on five stars. Wow. And less harsh on uh, a, like three Other? star area. Okay. Like I'm trying to be less less harsh, I guess. Okay. Because I feel like I give out five stars easy, and then I get negative easy too. Like I, I like sometimes a three and a half could be a, a four, you know. But yeah, I like uh, that. But so you so you're a, a so you're not a the contemplation is not of of five stars. No, I even though earlier I was like maybe this is a five star, but that was kind of because I forgot the the easy getaway of just be like, well, it is a five star murder mystery. Um, but yeah, in terms of movies, you know, I I feel like I I I, I gotta start coming up with a a life raft concept of like only so many five. Stars stars could fit on the boat you're not allowed on the boat you know like like that's how i want to start looking at five stars from now on like i feel you i feel you uh, but knives out is on there so i think i'm pretty sure knives out is a five star for for my letterbox but uh but yeah and it was nice to dip our toes back in. Like, it really was exciting to sit down being like, ooh, like, this is... New murder mystery. And, yeah. And to, like, like, I I think there was a lot of pressure on this one to uh, to perform like Knives Out did, or at least have the same response. And I think it yeah. lived up to that. It definitely, like, it I feel like it had very positive, very positive feedback across the board. And myself, going into it, I was like, I... I not this is no hate and i keep comparing it to like okay i'll use another one so i'm not just like body slamming bodies 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 but uh uh come uh see how they run i went into this movie being like i know i'm gonna watch a really good murder mystery like i have no i have no doubts that ryan johnson has accomplished it again before i even pushed play i was (laughs) like i i watched it with ease because i was like i i had full faith that I was going to enjoy it. Whereas like, see how they run in bodies, bodies, bodies. It was like, Ooh, it was a gamble. I don't know. Like, and I enjoyed both of them, but uh, not as much as I enjoyed glass onion, which I think if you look at the four or five that came out this year, we had scream bodies, 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 see how they run glass onion. I don't know if there was another one, but glass onion was the best one that came out last year. For sure. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Which, it, I, like, it, again, it makes me excited for the third one, but it brings me back to the idea that, like, he's such a competent director of genre that I don't want him to be stuck in the Knives Out world forever. But uh, but if he can bang three out real quick and then get on with it, then that'd be Yeah, cool. I was going to say. Uh, I, I, and then always return. Like, that would be really cool if it, you know, I, I like a nice a nice trilogy, but this doesn't need to be a trilogy at all. Like it, there's 
There's no, like, if, thematic. If she he can, likes he can doing it he, every, like, it, it could be like Scream where it's, like, every yeah. decade you can come out with a new one. And I don't know. He like, can, I would be down to do that. Like, I, I really enjoy his writing for it, but it definitely, I don't know if I want to see it forever. Like, only just murder mystery. Yeah. I think he should do a Knives Out movie, an original thing, find a franchise that he can divide the entire fan base down the middle as to whether or not it's the worst movie ever or the greatest movie ever, and then then go back to to a Knives Out and then repeat. I just think that's a safe plan right there. Yeah. I think so, too. He can come for a... What's the next thing that people hold as sacred as Star Wars? Uh, yes, Star Marvel Trek. is the closest thing. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. You, you take the the new Lord of the Rings, and uh, uh, Frodo uh, won't be want to be a Hobbit anymore. He's like, I'm not a Hobbit anymore. It's time for the Hobbits to end. Uh, and he'll throw the he'll throw the ring into Mordor, but he's actually a ghost, so he's just like throwing it on the ground in his bedroom. Can't catch it. Yeah. We've written it already. Uh, Jay, I love the good. Last Jedi. It was it was good. I came around on it. Dave Dave yeah, swayed us. The third one really made it look really good. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong there. Um, yeah, let's uh, go into some random. And and for for this random, I know Dave and I talked about it, but like this was like the last episode of our cleanup month. For the year of 2022, why don't we discuss our favorite parts of 2022 for the podcast yeah. and what we've watched and everything, right? Yeah. 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 Just yeah. like a, a 2022 wrap-up. Unless there was something, like, really – that you really wanted to talk about news-wise, Steve. I didn't I, – I was like, I don't have anything that um, I care about. I don't I, I, th- I think I had one bit – I'll say it real quick. Uh, which just dumbfounds me. Um, Ezra Miller is expected yeah, to move I, forward as the Flash. I did see that, and I I literally laughed out loud when I read it because I was like standing next to my manager at work, who's also been like him and I have been both just closely following this DC like debacle. Um, and I was like, "How is the least likely person of the original six the only person who's been tagged as guaranteed?" To move forward, I'm like it's just. Bottles. Bottles. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I trust James Gunn, but geez, like I thought. I thought. I don't know. I don't know what. Well, I, I feel like like one of the main things I read that or people pointed out, which I guess isn't necessarily true with Momoa. Now that I think about it, but like most of the stuff that they're like, nah, 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 like we're not doing that. It was stuff that's not even like filming yet or even close to filming right, because right. they can safely kill that but if we have our Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods coming out like Flash and Aquaman they're not trying to be like and there's but they, but they are definitely yeah oh I, they said that's in talks though right they didn't right. say he's I don't definitely know. They, no longer Aquaman yeah I just think they want him as Lobo but, but either way they're, I think that they're basically like you know, I don't think like the best idea to try to get money for a Flash movie viewings is being like, and Ezra and Miller is gone. no longer the Flash. Like, right? Yeah, that gets. Some people I get go you. into that knowing like, 
This movie doesn't matter. I yeah, which, right which by yeah. the way, I the, on that note, I have to bring up uh, what we've been watching later, how that affected the viewing of something lately. But um, Really? Yeah. Uh, or I guess I'll just talk about it now. When I watched Black Adam, I was like, well, I don't really care about any of this. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I especially didn't care before, but now I really, really don't care. Like, so, and... uh wasn't that bad? Didn't mind it at all. Like the I, movie, I know. Yeah. You know it yeah, sucks it because it's terrible, like but it's like uh, I think the finale was one of the out. worst yeah. like superhero finales ever. But leading up to it, I thought it was really, really like pretty entertaining. Like I agree. I I was um, and I was didn't, did not hate the Rock one bit. Like um, and I read this ahead of time that they're doing the whole T two bit with you know. John Cotter, the Terminator, like, like, but, uh, I didn't mind that. In fact, like I kind of mentioned it in the Polly episode. That's like one of the things, uh, thematically I like and stuff when a human is teaching like anything like, like a bird or like the iron giant or like Terminator two or like, uh, the I think I brought this up in the what's the Daniel the Daniel Radcliffe movie? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Swiss Army Swiss Man. Swiss Army Man. Yeah, uh, I like when you're teaching like something that basically has like zero base knowledge in human culture, and bringing them to like repeat lines back to you. Like, am I doing it right? Like, I kind of like that shit. Uh, yeah, the uh, the 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 pun or the. Uh... He had to have a superhero, like, yes, tell, tell him the man is black. I, like, I thought that was kind of a funny yeah. bit, like, it, I, it worked it too. For me. He's like, You gotta tell him before, yeah. Before. Um, and he like keeps doing it several times throughout the movie and not yeah. quite getting it. Uh, and I, I also liked uh, Pierce Brosnan's portrayal of Dr. Fate, I was I thought, all in it. I thought the whole um. Justice Society was pretty serviceable. Like, yes, I do too. It's just so like, what is it? What does it all mean, Basil? What is it? Yeah, all, but none of it okay. Matters. So that type of shit would actually give me anxiety. I feel like watching it from the perspective of like, okay, so is there going to be like a Justice Society movie in the DCEU plus like a a Black Adam versus Superman movie like plus like. Like it's like he has to do something with Shazam, right? Like they're in like a similar storyline, aren't they? Like, but now watching it, I was like, oh, like this, none of this matters. I can just watch this as a one-off movie, which is like, I guess after a whole decade of being ramrodded with this stuff, like I'm finally okay. I think that's why I've been okay with a lot of the MCU movies that came out this past year is because like, they're just servicing one storyline and I'm okay with it. Like instead of, uh, focusing on like different like, everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Instead of selling me the next thing, like I don't need it anymore. Um, I'm already going to just watch it cause I'm a fucking mindless zombie. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was my Shazam rant. My, uh, black Adam, your rant. black Adam rant. Uh, so I, what I think I going into like this 2022 kind of year, I I I want to say I want to share what you guys thought your favorite miniseries we did because we did what wasn't it seven? This was our seventh miniseries, Steve. Yes. 
So it's like this yeah. was this was a record so we, we did. Started the year with uh, classics. Yes, I believe. So. We went to rom coms, and then we did a grab bag, and then we did murder mysteries, and then we did. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one, and then we did. I think you are missing <clears throat> one. After the grab bag month, what did we do? I, I think we went right into murder mysteries. Did we not? So we went, we did grab back. So, oh, you are missing one. Sorry. So we started with classics. Then we did romantic comedies. We did grab bag. We did murder mysteries. We did Halloween. Four. Then we did oh. no human November. That's right. And then we did uh, our cleanup month. Right. So what do you guys think your favorite subcategory we did this month was, uh-huh. or this year? Um, that'd be the murder mystery, right? <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, I like, feel like, uh, yeah. <laughs> if I, I, I feel like, uh, for a, a, uh, honorable mention is, yeah, no human November, just because I feel like that was such a fun, uh, blast like, from the past. Yeah, like those five movies were just, uh, yeah, I had a fun time covering, dude, Homer looking, Down looking and back, some and of Stuart our little, and I'm kind of shocked like the we classics did one, Pig in the yeah. Like, I forgot Classics we did, like, was... Rebecca. We did, like, I remember when we recorded all of those. That's all. That was almost a year ago, right? Uh, it is a year ago. Uh, Wizard of Oz came out a year ago yesterday. The wow. First, yeah. Wow. Which, that's that's wow. crazy to me. I feel like we... So, it was stuff like that. Like, that... I don't know. Like I like I like revisiting the childhood stuff from the No Human November, but the Classics Month was also like a watching Rebecca, which I had never seen, and the Wizard of Oz, which was great. Like I don't know. It was I, it was a fun it was a fun month. Jaws, like we got to talk about, was like one of the best. I think one of our finest. You know, I love talking Jaws. Yeah, looking back, like romantic comedies wasn't bad. We had we had Crazy Stupid Love, The Wedding Singer, When Harry Met Sally, Annie Hall. God, covered some good movies this year. I'm actually kind of shocked how many this past year. This we, year we're going to be we, covering all garbage. We we talked a lot about <laughs> movies, promise. dude. Just looking at how long each episode is, too. Like we probably spent like. <laughs> Two, three hundred hours talking about movies, dude. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is hilarious. At least probably spent thousands of hours with each other talking movies. Had to have. Had Tens to of have. thousands. We're we're masters at it at this point. Yeah. But yeah. no, I yeah, I agree. I think my favorite was Murder Mysteries. I feel like that was the closest, like this sounds really stupid and weird, but I feel like when we started this podcast, Murder Mystery Month was exactly what I wanted. Where it's like we set our own kind of goals of what each movie should be. We analyzed it to like its deepest level ever. We talk about it and we compare them. And I, I don't know what it just was perfect. Yeah. It felt like we were like writing a school paper or something like yeah. not to compare it to homework, but it, it literally felt like, like by the time we were watching the fourth one, you had so much information to, to yeah to like put it next to you know like to see see it and be like okay like how does this stack up to 
everything else like and uh it made each new viewing like the next one we're gonna watch exciting because we have this like whole like lens that we're building and looking through now um and yeah i kind of agree with you chase like uh i think we we all it struck a chord with all of us that that's kind of like what we want to do like um find a genre that we can really dive into uh and uh and i'm not yeah. saying we we haven't done that i feel like we try to thrive on each genre yes. doing that I, I think doing nine though was what really yes because really I, made it feel like we were in it for the long if haul thinking of like about studying a genre i think the three most important genres or subcategories we've ever recorded on podcorn was either Time travel month, because that was our first one. I feel like that was like we thought our own ways of exactly what. Spider-Man month, where we did all the Spider-Mans and we deep dive those and murder mysteries. I feel like all three of those were either like our most viewed, most rated, and honestly, most fun months we've done. In my Yeah, I guess Spider-Man is something I look back fondly on for the same reasons of like we were... So like by the time uh No Way Home No Way Home came out, we were just like Spider Man people. Yeah, we, we knew. We knew pro- everything. Professors of Spiderman. Exactly. I don't know. I just wanted to I wanted to share and see what you guys thought as well. I don't know. I just thought it would have been a nice wrap up of the year of where yeah, we're at sure. with Podcorn. For sure. Yeah. Um yeah, I was also talking about like just looking back on the year in terms of movies as well. well. Like, yeah, the, uh, um, like what, uh, do you guys have any I favorites was, or? I was talking to actually or... Steve about this. What was this last night or two nights ago, Steve? Uh, I was trying to think of the like top five movies of this year in my mind. And it was like, I think it was like The Batman, Everywhere All at Once. Top Gun. Uh, you know what? Uh, you guys probably onion. got a, a email that gives you uh, your year in review. But now that you guys made the list on Letterbox this year, just go to it and you can oh, I could just sort that. You yeah. can sort by your highest rating and kind of just see like your tops. I mean, it's gonna give you your tops of like if you watched, you know. Rocky and Rocky gave it five stars. Yeah. It's, right, but it's, right. You can also sort it by 2022. I mean, but, uh, I, my personal favorite film of 2022, and I haven't seen, uh, there's a couple that I need to see. I did see The Banshees of Inisherin, which, by the way, was, I, I, I love that movie. Um, yeah, that's top tops for me. For yeah. Sure. Um, the Fablemans is really good, but I think my favorite film was No from last year. Um, that was just the one that got, I went to the theater six times to see it. It broke all my records of like how many times I saw it in a day, how many times I saw it, um, a non-franchise movie, how many times I've seen a movie in theaters. Like, <clears throat> so I think that one was just, I don't know. I was blown away by that. But uh, I think the best film that I saw was, uh, and I, I told Chase this, uh, I think it's, for me, it was The Fablemans. I think that was the best film for me of 2022 i'll say that my favorite was nope but my i think the best one is i i think it's my favorite in my top 
You think it'll? You think it's a? Uh, it's gonna be in Best Picture. Uh, oh yeah. Nom, right? Yeah. I'm very divided because I have I want to say three movies that I I I I don't know how to separate them. Okay, do you know what? Two movies. One of them surprised me. No, no, three. It's Fablemans. It's Everywhere All at Once, and it's The Whale. I don't know why all three of those movies are so different from each other, but they they brought so much. I don't know. I I think they're all five star movies. Oh, three of those. Out of out of all the movies that came out this year, those are my those are probably my favorite. One that snuck in there is probably I really like The Norseman, but I feel like that doesn't deserve anything except just that movie's a good man movie. Good man movie. That's the best way of explaining it. Like, if you want to feel like a man, watch The Norseman. You go, oh man. Like, I don't know. Um. <laughs> Do you want to go into what we've been watching? <laughs> yeah, well, I was yeah. just thinking of uh, trying to think of what else. I guess you guys have mentioned all the bees. Um, oh, Bullet I Train forgot. is like a very highly enjoyable movie, yeah. but like I, I really enjoyed Bullet Train. Jurassic um, World's Dominion. I mean, that's a <laughs> yeah. Star movie, right? I mean, what are, what are we that, doing here if we're not mentioning that? Top Gun um, Maverick, obviously, I think it's gets some. Gets top Gun plays. might be in my top five because <clears throat> yeah, because it yeah. was just again like I, I said it earlier, but it's the uh, as far as you have three one I haven't seen that I feel like we're certified like. You got to see him in the cinema. Uh, and that was like, uh, you know, Avatar, uh, Nope, and uh, <clears throat> uh, Top Gun Avatar. Maverick. Uh, um, but so. I, I guess I, I feel like Avatar might bump it off my list that, for Top Gun. But I think like top five would be Fableman's, Nope, Everywhere, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Avatar 2. I want to say Babylon, to be honest. See, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen Babylon yet. yet. For 2022, that is, I guess. Yeah. They gave a few things five well, stars. Did you, Babylon uh, come out in 2022, or was that like... Yeah, I saw it in the year 2022. By the way, I saw your uh, Empire of Light. Uh, I had high hopes for that movie, but I, I did too. You, but you're after... now the second hey, person. You're the hey, second person I'll that has told this. me... I what? gave it a very generous score. Oh no! Did you? Did you? Yeah. yeah uh, that might be the new me that's trying to like analyze. Is this movie really deserve? Because I thought that it was like Oscar bait, and then I talked to yeah, actually three. Oh, it I is, talked to sure. well, you. I saw your rating, and then I talked to uh, an old school buddy, and then uh. This other girl from work that watched it, and uh, all three of you. Uh, and I, I haven't talked to Dave yet, but I saw your review, and I was like a little underwhelming. I just thought it was like an Oscar bait movie, yeah. and uh, it looked really good to me. Hey, and hey, uh, I bet you it will be nominated for Oscars. It's like Oscar bait the movie, but is it really okay? All right, yeah. all right, yeah. But she just wasn't your bag. You didn't like it. I mean, honestly, I mean, you gave it, it three. So I mean, it gets Rico. It pulled me in enough to give it the three. I felt like this is the same thing with what I watched uh, yesterday, The Pale Blue Eyes. But 
I like I like my heart of hearts. I was like, this is a two and a halfer. But uh, there was something pretty charming about Empire of Light. It just was a such a mixed bag of direction. Like, what story are you trying to tell? And none of them really got any justice uh, of like, why are you telling this over that or the you know I don't know, but. I guess I'm just a sucker for people being like, the movies, they're good, right? Everyone likes the movies. But even that plot in the movie is, like, so, like, does this movie even need to be based at a movie theater? Like, what the fuck is, what are we doing here? (laughs) Telling crazy different stories and the backdrop is a movie theater. And every now and then someone will be like, that projector is excellent. (laughs) Shines light. (laughs) 24 frames per second I don't know it's it's just like I don't know I don't know it might be a t- two and a half star who knows wow wow so disappointing but you know what did do the whole movie thing for me like because uh, I guess we didn't talk about this because we didn't record for so long uh, but was Babylon It it's uh, it's like has the love of cinema in it in a crazy way. And it also has this like disdain for cinema or Hollywood. And like, I don't know. It's like, it's like, uh, fucking if the Wolf of Wall Street was meshed with either like once upon a time or like hail Caesar once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, yeah I might go see more, more hail Caesar. I, I mean, but I do think it's going to be divisive. I, I already saw that it's a splat, which honestly surprised me. Um, what? I think Wait, it it's, is a splat? Yeah, I think it's Damien Chazelle's best movie. Um, out of his, this is his fourth, I guess. Um, I Although I'm, I've watched like an hour of La La Holy Land. Holy shit, it's three hours it. and nine minutes? Oh yeah! What the fuck? Talk about something I did not realize going into the movie, and then I was like, "Is this movie fucking three hours long?" And then it actually was, but it it didn't really feel that okay, long. Okay, can I ask uh, a weird question? Did yeah. it feel as long as Avatar? Because I know Avatar is less time than this movie, and even in Avatar, I was like, "Are you fucking shitting me?" I think I don't know. I feel like Avatar feels like a two-hour movie to me. So really, well, how many yeah. times have you seen it? I've only seen it the once, so I don't uh, know if it... just twice. Okay, huh. I, I'm probably gonna see it again, but um, but this movie does feel like it because it's like an epic. It's you feel like you're watching like a movie from. I don't know, like the fifties or whenever they were making movies and not really concerned with their like, what, how long did you say it is three hours? Whatever. We could go another half hour longer. Like it has that epic Hollywood feel to it where they were just not paying attention to how long the goddamn movies are. Um, which I think if your movie deserves to be three hours, let it be three hours. Like Wolf of wall street is a movie that like, I'll watch over and over and over again, and it's three hours long. Uh, but uh, Babylon, good, good cast. I hope it gets some Oscar attention. I mean, I don't really care that much, but I think it deserves it, especially if, like, Empire of Light gets nominations. Um, 
it it has a ending that I don't really want to give away. Then but don't. I would like I would like to just compare it to the scene in 2001 a space odyssey where he fucking starts flying through into the other dimension like and it just washes over you like it's it's a i i found it incredibly effective some people might not but yeah high high rec i think that's it for like high recommendations for me from what i've watched all right steve you want to go uh, I I went on a pretty good tear. Uh, there's a lot of recommendations I have, but I'll try to go through them quick. Um, recently I watched Captain Phillips for the first time, which was amazing performance by Tom Hanks. Um, especially the uh the shock scene when uh when he finally gets rescued yeah. and he's like, I don't, I just think that's incredible because I've seen somebody in shock before. Um, now granted they didn't go through what captain Phillips just went through, <laughs> but, uh, I have seen somebody in shock before and I can tell you, he is accurately depicting somebody in shock, like to a T, uh, and, uh, just videos I've watched recap videos of it. Cause I watched, I was obsessed with, when I was watching it, that movie gave me such bad anxiety. I don't know why, but like, I was like, borderline anxiety attack and it's like i already knew i already knew captain phillips made it like because i know the story um but like uh just i don't know that movie's brilliantly directed i think it's very well paced um i didn't realize so much of it happened on the lifeboat i thought most of it was like on the actual freighter but that wasn't the case it's like half the movie's on the freaking lifeboat um but yeah uh it was just an awesome performance. Um, watched Guns Akimbo last night, finally. I've uh, been meaning to watch that for a while. Real fun movie. Um, yeah, I need to watch the beginning. I uh, really like that second uh, half. Yeah, yeah, Chase, Chase really liked it. Uh, and I guess it is one of those movies where, like, I've been wanting to watch it for a while, but I was worried it was just going to be stupid. I was like, this is going to, like, it just, I, I, I get it. It kind of looks like, uh, like it's just uh, ultraviolet like ultra violent or whatever. And it's, uh, uh, it's, it's like a guy Ritchie inspired movie. I don't know how to describe it. It just didn't, it looked, it didn't look that appealing to me. And then I watched it and I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, but some, some better movies. I watched the Banshees of, uh, Inisherin. uh, I will never I watched the unbearable. Ever yeah, ever. Chase had a real hard time with that the other night. He's like the Banshees of if if, if for the the the, the Banshees. Um, he just gets. I, I mean, it's not easy to say. It's not. Sure. I can't even I say. Mean, it, I but. I didn't even really bother saying it until I saw the movie, and they say it quite a lot in the movie. They don't see the Banshees, but they say and they're sharing. Uh, and Sharon, yes, and okay. they, they, they say, say it quite often. So like, I was like, okay, I mean, I'm gonna give it a shot after this, but. Uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, oh yeah. If, if you're just like, if, yeah, if you're a Nick Cage fan, just you'll love God. It. I it was just everything I wanted. Um, it's like it's it. Uh, I had, I heard somebody at work uh, compare it. They're like, uh, it's the No Way Home of Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, it is. It's just it's, like uh. Uh, it, it's just so self-referential of other Nicolas Cage movies, and it's like so much so that it's like driving the plot of the movie. That uh, I, I don't know. I just it, and it, it, it's 
yeah, it's bonkers. I, I loved it. I loved it. So I, I told you, Steve, that there's like a few cages that I haven't watched like fully all the way through that I want to watch. Uh, and I said I was going to watch them after I watched both Paddingtons, but I yeah. watched the first Paddington. Uh, really loved it. Forgot to mention that. So I was like, damn it. Paddington one is this good. Cinematic masterpiece. But, but I did want to take a little Paddington break and I yes. was like, all right, I'm going to watch the rock. Uh, and when I start, so I'm like an hour into the rock or whatever. And I started to think the like strangest thought that has to do with oh, what you're no. saying. But I was like, oh, my God, I feel like canonically I'm just watching a movie that's in, like, the unbearable weight of massive talent universe. Like, every <laughs> that, for now on, every Nicolas Cage movie you watch that exists before 2022 is, like, is in hard. that universe. Like, that yes. character <laughs> acted in this movie that I'm watching, you know? Like, it's just, I don't know. Because I watched Guarding Test the other day, too. Yeah, that's a good one. I saw that you watched that. Well, because they bring it up a Multiple couple times, times in the movie, yeah. but um, yeah, my in it's a movie my dad has always recommended to me, and that's such a dad movie too. I watched that with my well, dad. I've also never gotten the sense that like that my dad liked Nicolas Cage at all. Like he's never given me a specific out and out reason, but he's like never super been like, oh, we got to watch this Cage movie. It's like a it's like I always had my suspicions my whole life that were confirmed recently uh, that he's never liked Sylvester Stallone. And uh, because I like I watch Rocky by myself, like I found those types of movies by myself. And uh, we just started watching the Tulsa King together. Yeah. And he was like, I've never really liked Stallone, but I like him <laughs> like this. Like, but we're like super into that show now. But I was like, I knew he never liked Stallone. <laughs> hey, uh, but fun, yeah. Fun fact about Tulsa King it was actually, there was a few scenes that were shot in Columbus, in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I know that it was yeah. actually not in Tulsa. Like, the someone from, it was filmed from the cast was like, it was actually filmed in a, Oklahoma City, so people get upset that it's not Tulsa. But uh, yeah, sorry to cut you off, Steve. About unbearable weight of massive. Oh, no, it's all right. Yeah, that was uh, um, the one I wanted to get to. That I uh, this will be the last one I recommend is uh. So I have always known the plot of this movie, but never seen the movie. And it was it's Fantastic Voyage. It came out in 1966. It has Donald Pleasance, pure evil. Um, and it uh, is, I gave it four stars. I it's loved crazy. it. Uh, it's so good. Uh, all right. So the plot is, and it's been spoofed in like a million things. Oh, dude, a million different things. Like the Rugrats. I think the Simpsons has done it. Like Family Guy. Rick and uh, Magic School Rick bus. and Morty, Magic School Bus. Yeah, like everybody's done this plot. But it's the basically the plot is like, this important like scientist is there's an assassination attempt. They don't kill him, but uh, he has like a hemorrhage. Um, and in this world, there is a uh, company that owns uh, shrinking technology. And they're like, the only way to stop this hemorrhage is for us to shrink a crew down, put them in a submarine and inject them into his veins and have them like uh, use a laser uh, to eliminate the hemorrhage or, or whatever the blood clot, whatever blood clot, not hemorrhage, blood clot. Um, and so five 
people shrink down into a submarine and they get injected into a body. And like, I had always known this plot and it, I was so excited to watch this movie. I we were scrolling through HBO chase. I think it was, uh, I think it was actually Is it HBO. Am- I think it was prime. Maybe Amazon. Yeah. I don't, I have one of those two. Um, and we stumbled upon it and I was like, we have to watch this. And, uh, yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're going to get a lot of, uh, it's 1960s, like green screen, uh, but they're in their submarine most of the time, Dude, the so a lot of it is just like the movie okay. Is so crazy. It is, it's good. It's good. that was like, like basically all I knew about the plot forever was they shrunk down, went inside. What is like the tension of the movie? They have sixty somebody minutes there to get out. They have sixty minutes to get out of the body. First off, uh, they're like we the shrinking technology only works for sixty minutes, and then you start to enlarge. Uh, so they're like you're gonna start to enlarge, but they're like you won't you won't kill. The scientists, by enlarging, they're like, as you're enlarging, the white blood cells are going to attack you and kill you inside of the human body. Um, but other than that, other than the time crisis, uh, is the fact that somebody's sabotaging them on the crew. And you don't um, know who it is. You don't know who. Um, and it's so it's kind of a murder mystery aspect, but it's more of just like, who is, it's among who is us. messing? Yeah, yeah, who's, yeah, it's among us. It's like, who is... Who was trying to stop? Because you remember in the Rugrats episode, this is the one I remember the most specifically, uh, and I and I wish I could remember the other spoofs. Tommy but, ate the but, watermelon seed. Well, Chucky ate the watermelon seed, Chucky. and so they shrunk down to go into his body, and Angelica the entire time was actually just trying to water it because she wanted it to grow so it could kill him. Um, so similar, there is somebody not that's not quite as extreme, but there is somebody that is trying to sabotage the mission. Um and also, I didn't know this, but uh, the movie is, how do you say it? Uh, uh, anatomy, not anatomy, uh, anatomy, the anatomy, everything in the, in the, in the movie is, is factual. Like the bloodstreams they're going through, like what they would experience if they were that size going through a bloodstream, like what cells would attack them, what they would have to do. Like all of it was run by like, um, you know, a biologist and doctors so that they could be as factual as possible. So it's just cool because you're like, oh, okay. Like the way they're speaking about this and what they're doing is also believable that I'm just, I'm in, I'm in. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I liked it. It was real. It was, is a real odyssey and it's a quick flick. It's like, it's only like an hour and 40 yeah, minutes. It was I think pretty quick. Yeah. It's not that it's not because there's a time crunch. So like, I think it takes 20, 30 minutes to set up the, the the whole being injected into the body and once they get shrunk down it's like real time it's like from the point they get shrunk down they have 60 minutes to complete their mission so you're you're going through that journey with them in real time but yeah it's a good sci-fi i'm done with my my um your recommends watching well uh i've been on a tear at least this this new year because i've i've done my 365 again i'm a i'm ahead already by like a week but uh, uh I've been watching stuff that I've been stalling and waiting on. And boy, have I've had a great fucking week. So some of the movies that I've been watching, I watched The Knight's Tale for the first time. Loved it. I thought it was an awesome flick with uh Mr. Heath Ledger himself. Uh really cool. Uh I watched Fletch, which I've never seen before. Loved it. Um Watched Parenthood, which was a movie that Steve uh, has been trying to get me to watch for, what, a year now? 
uh, yeah. which I really enjoyed it. Uh, I watched that, I think, the other day. Uh, today I watched A Dusk Till Dawn, or From Dusk Till Dawn, which I told Steve, it's funny because I've seen a scene from that movie multiple times growing up as a kid, and I didn't know the name of the movie. And then when I was watching it today, it just all fluttered back, and I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm watching this movie again. It was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed it, but the one movie I want to talk about that I've been honestly obsessed about, I can't get off my head, and I've been quoting it nonstop, is Reservoir Dogs. I fucking loved Reservoir Dogs. I think it might be my favorite Tarantino. Like it, I didn't know you've never seen that. Never seen it. I've Fuck never yeah. seen it, and I watched it the other day, and boy, did I love it. I love that movie. It's so good. It's so good. I don't know why. It's just like it's it's the it's the perfect amount of you don't know all the information. You're just in for the ride and you're trying to piece together everyone's motives of what happened and what is going to happen. And I love it. I love mm-hmm. how it's played out. Yeah, um I think uh it's it's tough for me. There's three that, that like my top 3 I feel like is uh, I don't even know if he could make anything that would top it, but it's like once a no particular order, once upon a time in Hollywood, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs are my three favorite Tarantinos and I don't it's tough. They interchange too. Um cuz I feel like Reservoir Dogs Right after I saw it for the first time, I was like, maybe that is my favorite Tarantino thing. That's just, I don't know. It is, it is, it's such a good, like, freshman outing, too, for a director. Yeah, like seriously. A director making his first film and for that to be, like, talked about in, like, film schools and, like, that that movie's, like, been dissected for its storytelling. And it's just like, that was his first film. I don't know. It's wild. It's definitely, like, a basic plot. But at the same time, it's very it's so good. It's ve- yeah, it's just so stylized too. Yes, it's it's definitely some of the dialogues a bit ranchy. I will say, I was I was not expecting some of their conversations, but I just I don't know the, the introduction to where it's like they're just at a coffee shop to immediately after the title sequence, you just jumped into after the heist, and it's like what yeah. the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. I love it. I love it. But yeah, that's those are those are my recommends I've seen at least this year, uh, so far the beginning of this year. Yeah, I'm I'm right on track. I think. Um, hold on. I think this is the year I'm gonna do it. Last year, after taking I, out of all of my like documentaries and all the ones that I consider kind of bullshit ones, uh, I beat my record by at least one movie. So that was. I think something. you you should allow documentaries. I took all mine out. I took all my all my. So did Chase. We both we, did. We, we did. Both did. We did it simultaneously because I was like, yeah, we were like, it really it really messes both up because it's like he was trying to hit his record and I was trying to hit my three six five and like. I think it was like December 30th or something, wasn't it, Chase or the 31st? Yeah, we I were think like, it was the we're like, we got to take out all these documentaries, and then I was like, I'm just gonna go until the day that I started doing 365 last year, which was January 17th. Cause I feel like I just want to do it right. Like I want to, and that's still 365 movies in 365 days. 
um, from my first diary entry. I'm just not doing a calendar year like January to December. But um, yeah, we both were just like, I don't know, Dave. You didn't put documentaries in your three six five. It just seems like a I yeah, but I it seems like a I probably didn't watch a single documentary that year. <laughs> I, I watched know. so many documentaries yeah. this year. I, I so probably watch, could I have never watched documentaries. Three six five, dude. There's one on, that's coming out on Netflix that I am so excited for, and it is it is the uh, the hatchet wielding hitchhiker, and it's about Kai. The famous Kai, the guy that was like, no uh, he's like, so I hit him over the head with a hatchet, Jow. smash, smash, smash that guy. There is a documentary oh on that guy coming because like I, uh, I remember doing like, uh, rabbit hole searches on that guy. Like when that video first surfaced of like, who is this dude? And then I found out like he had like a criminal record and he had like a history. Um, and I, this documentary brought up all the stuff that I was finding, like, seven years ago when that video first surfaced i was like this is crazy this is the story i've always wanted to hear because like <laughs> he has like and not that uh um not that he's a bad guy but he has like a weird checkered past and i can't wait for this documentary because i'm like i'm sure like my internet searches aren't as good as like what they were able to find out so you know i'm excited to see what they found out but anyway dave you should watch more docs man There's some good documentaries yeah. out there um I've I, I just never. Every single, I'm never try. I'm never in the mood for some reason. I think I've you watched like every a, single true crime one on Netflix. I was about to say you're like you're year. so into uh you're so into like Scorsese and like crime drama movies that I feel like uh none of those like mobster documentaries are like or like uh I don't know like the Sons of Sam or anything like that like interest you. I, like, I mean to be honest crime. like. I every time I watch a documentary, I find it pretty enjoyable. I just never yep. want to watch a documentary. <laughs> I feel it. Like you got to put yourself. Um, I really want to watch the. You, you ever see the guy? It's like on Instagram. All, the all gas, no breaks. Like does the interviews. He's like a really awkward looking guy. He's usually wearing a tan suit, and he's just like doing public interviews. Usually, like at like 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 Trump rallies or something. Right. Uh, but there is a documentary that just went on HBO that I, I really want to watch. It looks fucking crazy. All right. Uh, all right. But it's that guy, like just basically. What's it called? I forget. Let's look at, um, yeah, we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we have a podcast, but we also have an Instagram. You can check us out at podcorn in a movie. On Instagram, where we post the posters, we post ideas, we read comments, get some suggestions. Um, at the moment, I feel like we're still discussing of what yeah, we're, we're doing. We're still next. in limbo about our next mini series, but we are uh, we are actively in talks. Yes, this year this year we have big things planned. I think we we got some good ideas and good good first starts of ideas and we'll we'll piece that together very shortly very soon um thank you for listening we we appreciate all of you and thank you like this has been a great year for us this year has been our most you know episode released year so we just want to say thank you to everybody who is still sticking around listening to us talk about the movies you know the movies yeah, the Empire of Light. You know, we're 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 the true movie makers. You know, I'm Toby Jones. <laughs> I'm Toby Jones, and I'm Shelley Duvall. So, anyways, 
Thank you guys, and we'll see you guys next time on Podcorn and a Movie. Goodbye.